Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspectives. We're not expert football. Well, what are we? We're just expert football fans here, man. And we're here again. And I'm trying to get us hype. Gosh, it was a tough week, Cody. We're going to be all right. We suffered a loss. I was, be trying to, I was trying to hype myself up internally. Yep. <sighs> anyway, we're here. We're here after the Carolina Panthers suffered a loss to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, we fall to three and one and kind of got smoked out in the third quarter. Not kind of, did. Just got dusted in the third quarter, and it's made the last two days a little tough for me emotionally as I'm trying to figure out what this team is, but we're going to do it tonight. Tonight's show is Carolina Panthers short circuit. You'll figure it out when we get to it. And uh, maybe this guy's already figured it out. If he hasn't already short circuited uh, two days later, Cody Lashney, welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Listen, I have not short circuited. In fact, if anything, Tony Dunn, I've recharged my batteries, man. Listen, there's a lot of parody in the NFL. The Tampa uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers have already lost once. I think the Chargers are one of the best teams in football. They lost to the Cowboys. The Cowboys lost to Tampa. The Rams were one of the best teams. And they just lost to the Cardinals, man. So you know what? Hope springs eternal. The Panthers are 3-1. and one, And we're going to talk about these Carolina Panthers with the best Panther fans in all of YouTube. Tony Dunn, you already know them and love them. It's Trill 1. ATX 19, C, Tim Estes, 10 Tizzy, Brad Holt, Tommy Doc Martin, Underground West, Panthers are Kings, Tony Dunn, ain't nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. Dude, I tell you, Shaq Thompson is out, and uh, he might not play again for uh, more than one game. And uh, if you would ask me that at the beginning of the season, wouldn't have said it was going to be the biggest loss that we've ever suffered. But after the way this guy's been playing, 
it's going to be yep. hard for this defense to find some continuity given all the changes in the secondary. I'm worried about that a little bit. Yep. We come off a of smoking from the Dallas Cowboys. Guess who else got smoked by the Cowboys? That was the Philadelphia Eagles. We got them next. And those guys had to go and play the damn Kansas City the Chiefs. Chiefs. No small order there. CK, is that uh is this um is the week after the Cowboys just a bounce back week for everybody? And then how does that work it, for us now? Because we got to play the Eagles who've already bounced back. The only thing I'm afraid of calling it a bounce back is like these the Eagles have collapsed in certain games. And in other games, they've actually been, you know, serviceable, if you will. I worry about Jalen Hurts, you know, being able to run the ball down our throats, um, you know, with uh, the the issues we have. And, and you know, uh, hopefully without an Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, we're able to, you know, contend with these guys. I'm afraid to call it a bounce back because I'm afraid we're going to run into exactly the same issue you had after the Houston game, which is if we don't dominate, well, now we're still looking bad. Right. We're still feel like we're not in a good spot. Um, you know, we, that's the only thing I worry about. I think it's definitely an opportunity for us to show what we're capable of. But I also worry that it's one of these uh, games that isn't necessarily going to be as one sided as we think. The Panthers fell. What was it? Thirty eight. I just had it and I just it was twenty eight to thirty six. 36-28, the Panthers fell to the Dallas Cowboys, who ran all over us, 246 yards on the ground. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that game uh, tonight. We're also going to look ahead to the Philadelphia Eagles matchup that is uh, this Sunday. And uh, we've got a lot of, um, I'll say a lot of, we've got some injury talk in between. we got to talk about these third-quarter woes. We got to talk about this coaching. We got to talk about this offensive line. So y'all in the chat, be collecting your thoughts, getting your subjects ready. We need uh, for you to help us get on the trail of this news. And they already said, don't talk about something. What are they talking about? What are they, what are they saying we shouldn't talk about? Because now I'm already talking about it. Well, we're going to talk about it. We have to talk about the Dallas Cowboys releasing Jalen Smith. Um, oh, you know, and we don't have linebackers and we need yeah, linebackers, you oh, know, especially goodness. considering Shaq Thompson is now week to week, and that was a big blow for a football team. I mean, uh, considering how Shaq Thompson has played, he's played the best start to any season, uh, that he's had as a Carolina Panther, in my opinion. I know many people share that opinion, uh, and yeah, the fact that we're thin at that position, it gives us an opportunity to potentially add. A, uh, a very good player to a young Panthers defense and potentially have him add on. Again, man, these things are tough to talk about because we have a lot of people that we have to sign next year. Uh, we just brought in C.J. Henderson, too, in, in a trade. So draft picks are uh, you know few and far between. But also, I can't really speak too much of why the Cowboys let go of him. I don't know, was he underperforming that bad i really can't tell you did he um, play against us did he make yeah, a difference yeah, yeah he did he, he's us? he's not been and if he did then there must have been something going on beyond behind the scenes you don't just cut a player no in week five or four yeah week five the, after the a win the where problem your defense is, plays well come on we you got to keep in mind that he was obviously super sought after and then he had that major injury right before the draft right 
and then the Cowboys picked him up, and then he started to come on, but he was also a bit inconsistent. You guys got to keep in mind who the Cowboys just drafted, right? Micah Parsons was drafted as a replacement to Jalen Smith. No matter what ways you look at it, that's what it was. Um, So I don't necessarily say that it's worth saying that there's something that Jalen did wrong. It's just that they were ready to move on, and they weren't ready to pay the guy who was getting ready to come up onto a contract situation. That's my personal opinion. A couple of veterans floating around out there, right? This guy and then the Detroit guy. What's the Detroit guy's name? Jamie Collins? Yeah, Jamie Collins. Can you call him a Detroit guy or can you just call him a Patriots guy? Yeah, right. The Patriots Patriots guy. guy. Yeah, Yeah, by the way, real quick, shout out to Grim Reaper for the $10 love bomb. He says, Panthers are craving an eagle. Let's devour this team. Keep pounding. Couldn't agree with you more, Grim Reaper. We think the Grim Reaper is the Carolina Panthers coming for those Philadelphia Eagles. Um, Hey, let's do a temperature check, man. How are y'all feeling after that? Like, going forward, you know, I know we're kind of banged up and that wasn't our best performance. We know that. But like I said at the top of the show, a lot of the better teams in football have already put up some stinkers. The Bills are one of the best teams, and they came out flat to open the season against the the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, dude, listen, I've been saying this. The Los Angeles Chargers – are one of, if not the best teams in the football. And they also got beaten by the Dallas Cowboys. And Justin Herbert also threw two interceptions in those games, just like Sam Darnold did. So, yeah, listen, it was a bad performance. I think it is what it is. We've had time to live it down. The Panthers got their ass kicked. But there is a bright side to this that I don't think people are considering. Now our schedule going forward is still pretty easy. We should be favored in all those matches. The Panthers are going to kind of, for a little while, be one of those teams that are going to be slept on because we're going to be feasting on the bad teams. So then whenever we are in the spotlight, again, we're going to be slept on even more because they think that the Panthers aren't playing anyone good. So, in my mind, Carolina's in a really good spot right now. I don't feel as bad uh, as I did, especially after the game. Um, and I think the Panthers, they have a lot of film to look at. They know that they need to do a lot of things better than they did, uh, primarily run defense, a lot on defense. But, you know, I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and have faith that they're going to be able to rebound in a big kind of way uh, against a young quarterback in, in Jalen Smith. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in this point right now, <clears throat> excuse me, um, where yeah, I don't know it. if, um, if this loss to Dallas is Smith. Pardon, are you still on that Smith linebacker? <laughs> no, actually I was thinking Devonta Smith because that's uh, the yeah, receiver yeah. that they just, just drafted. just drafted. Yep. I'm at this point right now where I don't know when when it comes to this loss, guys, is that if this loss is, like you said, one of those that kind of these stinkers that happens to a team and then they refocus and they get better. Um, and the reason I don't know if I'm ready to just jump on that, you know, optimistic band, bandwagon is because of the injuries that are starting to beset this team. Yeah. Right, is that now we're starting to get like some big time injuries to young players that we thought we were going to get better. 
not better throughout the season, but like, I mean, losing JC Horn, right. Is that what he was in week two, I thought he was going to be better in week 10. So, you know, I was looking forward to seeing JC Horn play in week 10. We don't got that anymore. Right now you got Shaq who is surging into, or was like resurging or finally being who I wanted him to be. Now he's right now. Uh, then you get you see Hassan Reddick get the stinger, right? And then he's not as effective. And and I've got reasons why I don't think it's on our pass rush. I'm don't 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 worry about our defensive line just yet, folks. But the I'm just starting to wonder: Are we now getting a thousand death by a thousand cuts? And the reason I'm we have one big leaking ass artery, and that's the offensive line. So it's not like we're this just fantastic team. I've been trying to tell y'all like um, everything had to kind of go perfect for it and to it be really great. And it was, yeah, for like for four, yeah, exactly. It was. You saw what perfect was, I've, or close to it. But right. now we have no CMC, and I think that the real cancer or the real disease that is this team is still going to come back to the offensive line. I don't think you have to worry about the defense. Like, yeah, the defense is not going to be top five anymore if the secondary is like this. If we're playing people off the street at linebacker, it's not, we can't, you know, how can you be a top five defense if you're playing nobody's right down the road there? So, I mean, I just think our hopes of a top five defense are are dwindling now we're starting to get injuries and now it comes back to this as it turns out our offensive line is like bottom 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 baby like bottom like bottom bottom yeah exactly like Like, that's the problem like it'd be different that is where i don't know what to do like i want to say this is just one off game but i'm i'm scared that this is starting to tell us I, yeah, there's some real deficiencies. Can I offer you some hope? And this is may, may not necessarily be the hope that you're looking for, but we got to keep in mind there is another squad that had a very bad offensive line and made it to the Super Bowl last year, and that was the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, I know they have a lot of different pieces. You have Mahomes. You can't compare Darnold wow. to Mahomes. I mean, you went but, there. You went but to I'm the just Kansas saying, City. like, <laughs> it's it's not impossible with a bad offensive line to still make something happen. The problem is you're not going to win the actual Super Bowl without a good offensive line. And we've learned that in 2015. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and listen, I think we have a clip that we're going to play um, with oh, Matt get, yeah. speaking about this a little bit more. But listen, I'm that broken record like I always am. I am a firm believer and I'm going to die on the hill that the answers to our woes are already on the roster. And people in the chat room are already screaming their names. You know who you sound Deontay like? Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen. Like, uh, this is You sound like Ron guys. Rivera, dude. You sound like I Dave Gettleman. Like That's how what they told like us. That's what they used to always tell us. The answers are on the roster. Dave Gettleman and all of them. Used to tell us that all the time, and now you're them. You've you've become their. You're the reincarnate of. Dave well, I'm Gettleman. them, but I'm also anti them because I just want to. I know. Our I'm young, just saying. That's what they used to tell us Like that's what they used to tell us. One too. of the one of the biggest annoyances that we've had with with Ron Rivera and, and and during his tenure in Carolina 
was that he would not play the young guys at the positions that they need to be played in. And I feel like Matt. But Rule they always said the answers on the roster when it wasn't. There was. Well, <laughs> yeah, but but this now we know for a fact that if you look at who the Panthers are charting out, Pat Elflin and Matt Paradis, uh, those two guys are not playing good, and they're not going to get better just over the next few weeks. There is no good reason why Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen haven't seen some playing time. Matt uh, Ron, uh, Matt Rule kind of alluded to it, but Tony, I don't give a fuck who said it before. The answers are on our roster. If you're a coach in 2021 and you just think that because you have a rookie that has short arms a little bit that he can't play left tackle, then that, that's on mm. you. That, that That's a, that's a flaw in wait. your own mindset. I can't wait to get you on C3 debates this week. Because one of those debate topics, I'll tease it out for the audience, is where we're at right now. If you could redraft, would you take Rashawn Slater or J.C. Horn? Ooh, I mean, debate that. Debate my take. On C3. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, I don't we'll be know there Wednesday. Right now. I, I know, know no, on right Wednesday. Now. No, no, I'm putting it out for the audience right now. You guys think about it. Is on Wednesday, Cody and I. We're going to show down on Debate My Take. We're going to go through a series of topics, and one of them is right now, if we redrafted at this very moment, Slater or Horn, and we got to go after each other. We're going to be going. Anyway, the number is 252-228-5098, folks. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest news uh, from the fan perspective when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, let's go ahead and really start pushing through the show, right? We got to push through the show. Let's start with this tonight. The short circuit loss starts with this 36 to 28 loss to the Cowboys, 246 yards rushing allowed 20 unanswered third quarter points for the Carolina Panthers could have been more. There was a two point conversion. I believe that was stopped in the process or overruled or one of them such a depressing quarter. What is going on? I'm going to let you guys take the mic on this. What's going on? Is this the defense? Is this a bad defensive performance? Is that where you want to go with this? Do you want to go to uh, this third quarter for Joe Brady's whole eternity and Matt Rule's whole tenure in Carolina? What did these numbers right here spark to your brains in the aftermath of that Man, we got beat. We got beat oh, up in a street fight by Cowboys. It, and it reminded that. me. The fans are the worst, dude. It reminded me too much of that loss that we had to the Patriots or to the uh, to the Falcons, rather, uh, when Julio Smith or Julio Jones was going crazy on us. Like that's what it felt like to me. Like it was. Yeah, we had a that's a great defense. analogy. Like we had a great defense that way, but it hurt way more to say like at the end of the end of the end of the day to see that stat line was the worst. It's the most painful thing out of this entire thing for me. Um, I think that what you can take from the numbers is that we had a literal like everything that could go wrong did go wrong in the third quarter. Every fucking thing. And if the problem is, is like the one thing that's kept us in games has been our defense. And when we we always had the question going into this game, is Sam Darnold going to be able to go on a shootout with another team? And the problem is, I think he can. 
but not with this offensive line. Like, I don't need to, I don't want to keep on hashing out the offensive line, offensive line, but that's the reason that this looks so much worse than it is because we can't constantly gave them the ball back. They were with a lead. Don't get me wrong. They were rushing well from the beginning of the game, but we were still holding them in check in some degree. But once they were playing from ahead, there was no stopping that. It was like bleeding. Like we were just letting them go through. And that's because all they had to do was run the ball. And that's what the last thing you want to do with an Ezekiel Elliott who gets better the more he runs. Yeah, I've sort of said a little bit of my my piece earlier about it. I'm not too down on it. I think the better team won. Listen, that Dallas offensive line. Look at these numbers, though. This third quarter. But that's why. That's why, though. 200 and almost 250 rushing yards. That means you have some big badasses up front on the offensive line. They have veterans like Tyron Smith out there that have been doing this forever, playing at the top of their game. Also, keep in mind that we have a lot of new faces on this defensive front seven, and I don't think that gets said that much. Daquan Jones wasn't here last year. Hassan Reddick wasn't here last year. Davion Nixon is a rookie. I mean, really, we have guys that are still kind of finding their rhythm in this defense, and they just went up against a more experienced, more battle-hardened, battle-tested offensive line, and that allowed their offense to be That's able to do true. whatever they want. How is it not true? They had How is it not, not true. true they had that Martin. 20 unanswered third quarter points. They just popped off some big-ass explosive runs in the third quarter alone. Right, that was it. Like, I mean, like, is that they, they, we, we had more time of possession than they did in this game. And so I just want to put it in the context they weren't just running the ball on us like, um, here, five, seven, nine. It was like they would just tear, they just in this one quarter, they tore off a chunk of like 30 yards. And all of a sudden, be a touchdown, and then we go three and out or an interception right away, and then it was like another forty-yard run for a touchdown, right? So these were we're just not used to explosive plays happening in the run game in the NFL, but these were just explosive plays against us. It wasn't, and and so I'm not saying that their offensive line isn't good. I'm not saying that they didn't win the day because obviously they won those plays. But this was one quarter of them just just gashing us, gashing us. And the thing that could save us is an offensive response. Yeah. You wanna you wanna keep their defense, you know, you want how do you keep um how do you beat Kansas City? How do you beat high powered offense? You keep their asses off the field. Yeah. Right. And that's why I come back to our offense did not help our defense enough and hasn't helped our defense enough all season. And it's not going to. I mean, like, that's th- this is, okay. oh, because of the line. Oh, yeah. Do we need well, to yeah. And listen, through? like, this is this is this is why I said, you know, if you've been a fan of the C3 podcast for a while, when I pick a hill to die on, I'm not fucking coming off of it. I was on the hill that Ron Rivera needed to be fired the season before he was actually fired. So I'm telling you now, and I said it on the postgame show, I'll be as clear as I possibly can. The Carolina Panthers 
are not a playoff football team unless they make changes on this offensive line. Because our current group of starters with Cam Irving, Pat Elflin, and Matt Paradis, that entire left side of the O-line is doo-doo. And it's not going to be able to take us into a legitimate playoff. Do you know how doo-doo it is? Do you know how? I don't know. Do you want to hear? Do you want to see how doo-doo it is first before we hear from Matt Rule? Or do you want to hear from Matt Rule and then see how doo-doo it is? Let's hear from Matt Rule. And then, yeah. Oh, because okay, I'm going to give you, I found, a, look, go to Reddit yeah, first. I said Reddit. let's hear from Matt. Let, right. Let's hear from let's, Matt. Let's from hear Matt what Matt Rule. rules, guys. Oh, and then I did we'll see if his response is warranted uh, in front of the truth. Tonight's show is called uh, Carolina Panthers Short Circuit. Uh, and the reason being is that we did melt down or short circuit in uh, week four in Dallas. But we did have this cool thing is that the Panthers, because of the pandemic, the players aren't getting out as much. And now they have launched this iPad robot. And I got to say, I'm a little disappointed with the face and the screen. Like, um, it does look like an iPad with a um, actually the same webcam that I got hooked up on top of my like uh monitor right here so i think it's a cool idea like you can see that i I will show you next time the um actually i won't show you you guys can go look it up on google and see (laughs) what the bottom of the robot looks like but it does kind of remind me of uh that robot from short circuit what was his name cody johnny number five johnny number five rolling out there but it is uh Oh, is that just an iPad turned sideways with a Logitech camera on top? It does does look just like the Madden version of uh, of Matt Rule. Yeah, that's Rat Mule. (laughs) Oh man! Um, They're going to send this out to the hospitals to help. uh, I mean, and that's cool. The kids can FaceTime with them and stuff like that, and. Do you think they're more excited about seeing the player on the screen or just a robot driving up? Because if I was like a 12-year-old kid, I think I would just be just as excited about the robot driving up as I would like um, Jermaine Carter Jr. Right. Actually, I would tell you this is I bet you um, three. Uh, I have three kids. So two out of three kids. No, three out of three kids would be more impressed by the robot than Jermaine Carter Jr. <laughs> is that I messed mean, up? Was that messed up? I, I don't know. They, man. Hate, they saying- hate football. I mean, they don't love anything. The kids don't love anything. They like uh, Roblox and shit today. Yeah, they like Roblox. They like Pokemon, probably. Right. I don't know what kids like, but let's hear. Uh, uh, or they could be hear- terrified too and just not know what the hell it is and think it's something. Nobody's something terrified of robots anymore, man. It's like being terrified terrified of a microwave. Um, the number is 252 You're half robot, by the way. Oh, dude, and let me tell you, I've been, I've like gone up to some children before, and when they don't know, like they look at me sometimes, and you'll see fear come into their face. <laughs> I've t- dude, one time I, I was uh, downtown. Uh, it was right after I moved up to Charlotte for NASCAR Speed Week or something. It was a big event in downtown Charlotte. 
I'm just driving. I'm with one of my friends, and, and I'm with two friends of mine. And this one little girl sees me, and you swear you think that she just saw the devil incarnate. Like she started screaming. She got fear. It was fear. Running, yeah. Fear. I'm in a wheelchair, by the way. If you can't pick that out from my webcam, but yeah, um, kids uh, might not be able to pick that up when some uh, screen with a face is uh, uh, driving up into their uh, uh, hospital room with a Panther player on it. You never know, right. man. So we know that uh, this offensive line um, and the continuity of that line has been an issue here. Um, and Cody, I want to give you credit for this. You've been talking about the personnel from the beginning, right? And going like how we address these problems. So here's Matt Rule asked about this today. Do you still think those starting five offensive linemen are your best five? Like, like I just said, I'm going to have to go through the game and see, you know, go through this next opponent, see where they are. I think a lot of it comes down to two, Darren, you know, who's healthy when we get to Wednesday, you know, I mean, uh, those guys, um, well, it's not always perfect. You know, those guys are playing hard for us and they've been banged up. So um, I appreciate the way they're playing. So we'll, we'll see what we do um, moving forward this week. Um, you know, see who's healthy, see who's available, and take full stock at, you know, where we are. See, who's who's healthy and who's available and take stock of where they are. Does that inspire confidence in you? I mean, again, it's the truth. You know? Well, yeah, we actually, that's healthy. what he's saying is that in some ways is that the story is not dictated about, like, what we want to do. It's also about availability, right? Is So um, this guy could be playing great or whatever, and now he's hurt, and now we got to put somebody else in. Turns out this guy sucks. We think he might be our better option, but we're not sure. And he's hurt, so now we got to go with, this other dude, I what I'm trying to say is, and I think he is saying, is that injury dictates the roster more than just logic alone. Or maybe that's something we sit here on the outside and look. Like, we want to put these pieces together like a chessboard where the queen is always worth the queen. But it turns out we got a gimpy leg dude or whatever. And what I think he is also saying is now he's recognizing that offensive line sucks. Two, these guys who suck are hurt. <laughs> and now three, we got to make some adjustments. Yeah. Uh, I mean, no? I, I kind of. You don't feel I mean, that? Yeah. You, look, you seem so underwhelmed by it, dude. Look, listen, I agree with the highlight I have commented by Panther Blue. By Panther Blue, he totally avoided answering the question. Because by saying, oh, we'll go with whoever's healthy. That doesn't get to the to, to the root matter of right. are your starting guys good, good enough. enough to be starting for the Carolina Panthers on the offensive line? And listen, when it comes to Matt Rule, you know, it, he's still such a new head coach to me that even up until now, I've kind of reserved my judgment on him. I feel like in a lot of ways, like I'm still trying to figure out who he is as a coach. But I feel like it's been long enough now that I can say that there are certain times when Matt Rule's press conferences just annoy me. Like Ron Rivera, at least Ron Rivera would be like, uh, he'll give you the cold shoulder and didn't want to like answer the question. And he was like, yeah, I know, but I don't want you to know. So I'm not even going to say anything. That, yeah. yeah, whereas Matt Rule kind of finds these ways to cleverly dance around and 
say a whole bunch of stuff without really giving a direct answer. And it kind of annoys me a lot of the times. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, I'm definitely a fan of what he has been doing for us as a coach. I guess I'm talking about just the way that he answers questions about the football team. They don't necessarily seem very forthright. And then you add on top of the fact that there's this weird trend where uh, Matt Rule will give credit and props to a player, and then the next week they're either cut or I gone know. or Are benched. you worried about DJ Moore right now by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> because of how much he's hyping him I mean, he's, he's, dude. About to trade, he's about to trade DJ Moore. He's listened to the podcast all last year about Curtis Samuel. He's like, man, these guys were right. Let's go ahead and trade DJ Moore now. <laughs> Dude, oh my god the way he came out and talked about dj Moore, i was like oh my god this is gonna be wearing a packers jersey before the end of the game before the end of the week <laughs> but um yeah and again man like matt rule has i think done great things as a coach thus far um it, it's just when we have issues like this where you have the entire Panther fan base pretty much in unison chanting out, let us see the young guys, considering that so many other teams around the NFL are starting rookies on their offensive line, including the Kansas City Chiefs, including the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, and they all have really good rookies starting on their O-line. It, it's, it goes back to this problem like, man, these issues that we're going up against they don't have to be as bad as, as we're going through. And who's to say that if we don't give these young dudes a chance, namely Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown, they could end up being lights out for us, and it's a move that we wish we would have made forever ago. I mean, can you get much worse than what we have? Like, that's the problem that I have right now is, like, can it be worse? Because I don't see how it could. I mean, I, that's, that's the part that I think it, it, we as Panther fans are looking at this offensive line if we're a bottom five offensive line, which by all accounts and, and all statistics tell us that we are, then why not try out to see if these guys can actually do something better than what we have? Like, they've got to be at least a minor upgrade, if not a parallel promotion for these guys. And getting them experience is only going to get them better as time goes on. So, like, even if they're just as bad as this O-line is right now, give them a fucking shot and let them try to get better throughout the year. That's all I'm Thank saying. you're... I think you're right, CK, but I think where Cody is wrong, not wrong, it's in the right term. I hate the receipts thing. Like, we all got to be right or wrong. I think we're finally starting to see um, Matt Rule say, I, I these are my five guys. This is the first time I've heard Matt Rule say, I'm going to go to the tape and I got to look to see who my best five guys are. For the past six weeks or eight weeks through training camp and all of this, all I heard him say was, we're going to start Irvin, F-Line, Paradis. Like, this is our best line. I felt like this was his first moment where he said, I don't know who our best line is. Yeah. And to me, that's a recognition. I think he's been listening to you, Cody. That's what I'm trying to say. This is the moment where Matt Rule admitted on the on the press conference that he listened to Cody Lashney in the uh, on the show, and because Cody's been saying from the beginning like this isn't the best dudes, and the and he goes yes they are, and then imagine if you were debating with Matt Rule for the last six weeks, 
Right? Wait, why, like, why is he oh, only- I want Christians. And he'd be like, well, I think our, fest, our best guys are this. And you'd be like, but, 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 but. And he'd be like, I why think our best guys. Why is he only are- listening to me now? I've been saying this shit since the preseason. Hey, Matt, maybe come around to your boy a little bit earlier on, huh? How about it? He's not listening to or you. Or maybe you should just to, uh, maybe you should just be happy that he is finally coming around. I don't know. That that might be a bit uh I gotta see it's premature. Believe. Is that premature? I mean, is that what yeah, you're saying? It is premature because okay. I gotta see I these guys out right. there on the field before I give him the benefit of the doubt that he's listening up. I mean So uh, you're uh, saying the coaches aren't getting it. No, I I I really don't think they are, especially considering that Brady Christensen and Deontay Brown did play good in the preseason. And I know it's not the same thing, but all they can do <laughs> is play against the players that they're pitted up against. And they looked well. They looked good. And I think that they deserve a, a, a shot to at least prove that they can do it. Right. I saw this while we're talking about the offensive line. I saw this on Reddit today. So um, shout out to Nave underscore of knives who posted this on Reddit. And the the title of the post is how bad is our offensive line? Question mark. A statistical look. He goes on to say, I've been waiting to post this until the official stats were recorded, submitted to pro football reference for Darnold. For those that do not know, Pro Football Reference is an aggregator site that keeps track of stats. All right, we know where Pro Football Reference is, or at least I do. It's one of the most important tools, I believe, that's available to us. Where PFF, he says, uh, gives arbitrary grades. Pro Football Focus uh, focuses specifically, PFR, Pro Football Reference, focuses specifically on the objective stats of the game. I bring this up because I've seen PFF grades for the this offensive line and thought they were extremely off base in terms of what is actually happening on the field. There's no way that Matt Paradis should be a near 70 out of 100 as a blocker. That's absurd. Now, I and um, more kudos, I guess, to this uh, post is we've seen some crazy stats about how um, these guys played at times, and then we're like, man, this looks terrible, right? So this is what he's references, referencing is this ongoing grading conversation that's going on, on the internet. Anyway, he says the eye test alone will prove that, and I'm not sure where PFF gets their grades. It goes on to say is basically our offensive line is being misrepresented as good in some capacity. I think is what <clears throat> ultimately I, I don't think You're that's what he is that, saying. Yeah. And, uh, but then he says, this is let's look at these stats for Sam Darnold's career. Right. So, and, and I don't know what you guys think about PFF. Like, I mean, some people it's like a flogging boy. I don't really care. I don't pay for anything on the internet. No, no. Yeah. I don't either. So, I don't even know what your advanced stats are, but if your regular stats ain't that cool, then I ain't trying to find your advanced stats. But this is what they go on to say this. Here, can you see this, Cody? Yeah. Look at this. It's my man with the Jets. Right now, uh, the offensive line for the Carolina Panthers in all these statistical categories is outpacing the Jets uh, for being 
worse in Sam Darnold's <sighs> career. You know how hard that is to have offensive lines worse than the fucking Jets, dude. That's embarrassing. Look at man. That's look at these numbers. That's really embarrassing. And right listen, now, I'm really. Go ahead. Right now, this is like um, the highest number of times that Sam Darnold was blitzed with the Jets was in 2019 with 166. Right? That's a full season. He didn't play a full season in 2020, but he played a full season in 2019. Or I think he did. That might not. That may have been the mono year. Right now, he's on pace uh, to be blitzed more times this year in Carolina than he was for the Jets. Highest number of times hurried with the Jets was 69 uh, in 2018. Right now, he's on pace for 72 with Carolina. Highest number of hits with the Jets, 2019, 39 hits. Right now, Sam Darnold's on pace for 68, getting hit 68 times. Now, it is a 17-game season, so let's say four. You know, like, what do you want to, like, what's the number that makes you happy? Like, so what is that, 64 rather than 68? Um, The pocket time. He had more pocket time uh, with the 2019 Jets than he did, than he's had uh, with the 21 uh, Carolina Panthers. On top of that, uh, highest number of times pressured. 135 times with the 2019 Jets. He's on pace for 187 times uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Again, keep in mind, 17 games. Um, So I guess what I'm trying to say is this, is that the media is asking Darren, uh, Darren Gant, the damn Panthers reporter is is even saying, what are we going to do about this personnel? Matt rules like, well, we're going to the tape. We're going to try to figure it out. And we go to these numbers right here, Cody. And what we found out is that this offensive line, it's not good. It's bad. And we're it not, might be horrific. It might we're just not be finding horrific. out, though. It's just confirming what we already knew. Yeah. It's confirming what we already knew. And this is our fear going into the season. We knew this forever ago. I mean, listen, that, that's why this is baffling to me. Most of Panther fans knew this. People who don't get paid to do anything with this team, people just like you and me, people that are fans, we knew that this offensive line was going to be a problem just by looking at their past with the prior football teams that they've been at. Yep. Pat Elflin was a part of that terrible New York Jets team once upon a time. Cam Irving... Cam Irving, dude, Cowboys fans were baffled that Cam Irving is a starting left tackle for us. Okay, this is not a good situation. He's not even been the worst dude on this team, so I don't even want to hear it. And frankly, my my real fear for this coaching staff when it comes to their talent evaluation, and I've said this before, is I think that they adhere to a lot of really old, dumb stereotypes and scouting. So, for example, we could have a left tackle on our hands in Brady Christensen, but they think his arms are a half an inch too short or whatever bullshit, so they don't even want to give him an opportunity. That's what Fitterer thinks, though. Fitterer's a guy that does that, too, though. And, and, And what I'm here to tell you is that that is an outdated philosophy. 
Look at what Rashawn Slater is doing as, as the left tackle for the Chargers. Look, Jordan Gross didn't have long arms. Joe Thomas didn't have long arms. Like, I want to see you have a trait. If, if you have a trait that's being used as a negative against you, I want to see that matter on film. I want to see times on film where your arm length was a problem when going up against the bull rush or whatever. But that, that's never really been an issue for him. Um, and then it goes back to this thing with Deontay Brown. Maybe if his weight isn't where it needs to be, then that's a problem. But other than that, we've known that the man has been incredibly dedicated, has dropped a lot of pounds, and that he's really been trying to be good at this. I don't know why you don't give these guys a shot. There's no way that what you've seen them do in practice is worse than what these guys have been putting out there on the field thus far. And it just it, it baffles me, and frankly, it worries me, if I'm being very honest with you. Same. CK, you know what time it is, brother. Let them know. Let them know. Ladies and gentlemen, you have not hit that like button, that thumbs up, letting us know that you care about us. We need that self-affirmation. Hit the thumbs up. This is for you. Subscriber shame. Subscriber Shame, 98 people watching, 58 thumbs up. Do your boys a favor, hit that like button, make sweet love to that subscribe button, and give some gentle pets to that notification bell to get updates every single time your boys go live, talking about these Carolina Panthers, answering your questions, talking about the real relevant things to this football team right here right now before we go any further shout out to the two donations uh we got one from david screws uh david says hopefully this coaching staff will wake up and start deontay brown or deontay and brady could not agree with you more man uh and then jb with the 499 he says should be signed jalen smith certainly a question that will persist until jalen finds a new home so or Shout until we find guys. some linebackers. Uh, uh, well, he would be one of them. Thank you for, so much for your support. We don't ask for the money, but Cody, we it's sure do. Appreciated. We it's appreciate it. That's right. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts on the on the state of the Carolina Panthers. It's almost kind of like the quarter semester report card at this point. Four weeks in, we'd love to hear what you guys think about this team after that loss to the Dallas Cowboys, was this something uh, that is going to galvanize this Panthers team into something stronger? Um, and I, I do think there's sort of an opportunity for that. But right now, for me, I am continuing to be concerned about these injury issues and now how they're threatening the continuity of our best strength, which was the defense. And how this Carolina Panthers team will respond, given the fact that the offensive line uh, is sorry without injury. And that's what we need to remember here is we're talking about the defense facing injury. And that's what's screwing up the continuity. The problem facing this offensive line is that it is the offensive line that it is. The number is 252-228-5098. We want you to be a part of the show. 
and hopefully I got this. Actually, I barely got it queued up tonight. So, you guys, it's going to be a little janky. But we'll get into these calls for a second and see what you guys got to say. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good, like... It's coming. Speed up, internet. I wasn't ready. (laughs) Started without being ready. Oh, boys. I am more excited for this team than I have ever been. Oh, shit. This call is all positive vibes. This is positive vibes only. There's plenty of people who are calling me angry, blah, blah, whatever. I fucking love this team's fight. From day one, they play against the Jets. They got a big lead. They start to lose it. 1914. What do they do? They run it down. This is Colorado Saints, no adversity. Texans are worst quarter of the season. The second quarter. What happens in the next half? No punts. The next half. We come right back out. We come into the Cowboys. We fucking punch them in the mouth. And then we get, we, they try to deliver the knockout blow. Yeah. I mean, you look at what Philly did. What happened to Philly? They started to lose and they just started to spiral. They just started to keep losing. I mean, oh, my God. Like, ooh. Sam Darnold, the way the, the way the, the post-game press conferences, man, the way Matt Rule talks, he was he just talks about giving his – the way he talks about giving the guys a chance and, like, we're going into Dallas. We know who we're playing. Like, balls to the wall. We're fucking going for it. You know what? You need a kick. This is – if people are upset about that thing, it's all kick. This is the time to do it. You know, if you, if you can't make it in week four, he's not going to make it in week 12. So we might as well just keep running it out there and see what we got for now. Oh, and oh, Darnold right out of the game t- saying people are pissed, saying people are right, but not, not angry, not down. They're ready to go watch film. They're ready to get back. And I'm telling you, this team, if, if, if this coaching staff is really what I believe it is, which I really, I really believe in that rule and this whole entire staff. I mean, these guys, they're going to come out, and I think they're going to beat the living shit out of the Philadelphia Eagles. I think right. if they play the way I think they will, oh, man, I'm excited. And oh, J.C. Horn, we really found out how big – I feel like he's a really big part of stopping the run game. I could have been wrong. Maybe I don't – I'm not a football expert, but I really thought that was a big miss. And getting C.J. Henderson, oh, my goodness, man. I'm telling you, I know that it's offensive like, line, though. It's got, like Xanax G, baby. I'm telling you, we got the pieces. It's kind of all over the place. The other call is going to be much better. But I am just – I am really excited for this football team. I know I've said that so many times. I kind of ran out of what I was going to say. But have a is good he on time. Adderall? I feel like he's on Adderall. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it, dude. I love the positivity. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, and listen. Okay, we know this offensive line is bad, but to put it into context – Sam Darnold had his third game in a row of throwing for more than 300 yards. Behind this terrible offensive line, Tony Dunn, you just spelled out for everyone how you can say that this Panthers offensive line is on track to be worse than the Jets offensive line that was pass protecting for Sam. The fact that Sam has continued to be able to put up these kinds of performances Granted, I know you haven't been thoroughly in love with them, but the fact that Sam has been able to put up these kinds of performance 
and get um, uh, you know get uh, DJ Moore the ball uh, enough times right. that now we're actually starting to see him as that true number one wide receiver that we've long believed him to be. Like, do you realize that we have a ton of potential to do far more than we've done so far? We just have to be better in a few important ways. But I think this defense can get back on track. And I think our offense uh, has the capability to continue to get better as well. But it involves Deontay Brown and it involves Brady Christensen. And um, shout out to RA53 in the chat room. And you guys can all vouch for this. I've been saying for a while that I think that we should continue to experiment using Taylor Moten at left tackle and uh, put Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen on the right tackle at uh, or on the right side at right guard and right tackle. I think that might be what the doctor ordered, and I think Taylor could potentially play left tackle in a full time uh, scenario. So. I love the positivity, man. I love the fact that we were able to respond. And we need more of this, man. Our season is not over, and we're still at the top of the NFC South. That's important. I yep. love it. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, guys, it's Tyler from Spruce Pines. I don't know if I'm calling, and it's um, going to be on the postgame show because I'm a little bit late on it, but I did just want to say that uh, I think what this game showed us is that there's tiers to this game and where we we may not be on the bottom tier, we may not even be on the one above the bottom, um, but I think we're right above <laughs> middle great. of the pack. Uh, I think Dallas is, is among those top tier teams in the NFL. Uh, their offense is, is unreal. They can do a lot of different things with that offensive line that they have. Um, but typically I think it takes Matt Rule three years uh, to build a program that's among those top tier teams. And um, I just I, I don't think that we're there yet, but I do think that we're on the right trajectory to get there. Uh, we we got to shore up this offensive line in the offseason. Um, whether the answers are already on the roster or not, I think it says something that uh, the coaching staff has made Deontay Brown inactive. Um, every since the beginning of the season. Uh, he may have looked good in the preseason, uh, but there's been plenty of players that have looked good in the preseason, and it's not really panned out for them um, in regular season. Look at Zach Wilson. So uh, not to say he's not going to be good, but uh, I think there's a huge learning curve for rookies that uh, maybe we are better off just throwing them out there and saying uh, you can't be any worse than what we already have, which is, God's honest truth. So uh, I just yeah. think that uh, Scott Fitter needs to work a little bit of magic uh, in the offseason to fix this offensive line. And I don't know if it can happen in a year, uh, but I do think that we're on the right projection. And I think that uh, Matt Rule's got this program going in the, the right direction because if you remember when Rivera was at the helm, um, I think since probably 2016, we started going downhill. Uh, and I think we're on the rise now, which I'm optimistic about, but I'm also disappointed in in today's outcome because uh, I was a little too excited for the game today. I talked a little too much smack, and uh, that's going to come back to bite me tomorrow. So, um, yeah, guys, uh, keep pounding. Keep pounding, man. Keep pounding. Real quick, uh, shout out from Down Under. 
suitcase man Spectre one actual says some down under love lads. P.S. I have no idea about NFL, but just here to support some Dizzle and you boys. Shout out to you, brother. Appreciate it, man. And yeah, listen, the caller pinpointed on something that I think our ego doesn't want to do enough. And that's just flat out admit that we lost to a damn good football team. Yes, the Cowboys. Yeah, the fans are fucking annoying. We know it. But the Cowboys are one of the better teams in football. They went toe-to-toe with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They beat the Chargers. They beat the Eagles like we're about to do, potentially even bigger than they did. And then, listen, we made it competitive against the Cowboys at the very end. So, again, man, it's like, yeah, they were the better team. That's a good football team. And as far as losses go, that's actually a good loss against a good football team. And it's early. It gives mm. us enough time. I don't to know learn if I say good. We got sm- the man. I don't know. Is that like was the end score close enough for it to be a good loss for us? We had some we got- fight at the end. I do like that. That third quarter smoke was so hard for me to take. But I want to ask you this points. about that. So that this great team, right? This great uh, Dallas team. Is their defense good enough? Because I tell you this is that if they beat us like that with their off like on the run game, they didn't even have to use their receivers. Barely. Yeah. I mean, and somehow Dak still threw three touchdowns. Like I felt like the run is what just beat the shit out of us. And then Dak, I looked it up and Dak still got three touchdowns. I don't even get it. But what I'm yeah. saying is this is that like I didn't even feel like we felt the felt the full onslaught of their offense in a way. So is there if their offense is that good, right, to beat us up and make us feel like, ugh, we just got smacked around, is their defense good enough to take them deep? Like deep into – because that offense clearly is, right? Like if you're Dallas right now, you're starting to think about this, is how do we make our defense good enough to win us a Super Bowl this year? That's what I would be thinking if I was their GM. Yeah. Hey man, I'll tell you after week six, week seven. Uh, hey, if you uh, if you've been following the podcast, you know that's my tried and true rule for separating the good and bad. Wait until after week six and week seven, and that's when you're going to start to see who the real teams in football are. Right now, you're still kind of separating the good from the bad. Like the Kansas right. City, the Kansas City Chiefs are two and two, and statistically. Uh, they have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So, again, these things are still kind of sorting themselves out. Who knows? But you saw the Dallas defense, man. I think they're better than, you know, I mean, like, how good is their defense? I think it's pretty good, man. They got the Diggs kid. They said they got a good corner. They've got um, Dan Quinn, who's got this resurgence. They're trying to use Micah Parsons in this weird fashion that is actually working that what you wanted to see Isaiah Simmons be used as or something like that last year I would think like this multiple they use him as a pass rusher when someone's hurt now they use him as a linebacker that defense to me is actually my question is are they good or did we just uh were we not good I think they're pretty good man I I do think they're yeah I think they're a good football team I think there's still a lot like of the questions. Defense, though. The defense um, is what I'm asking. Yeah. You saw them. Well, again, we were not able to 
give them the kind of performance that we would have likened to have given them. Right. Because, to you know, uh, who I they mean, are. The, all right, I'll give you I that. Think, because, yeah, just, they just ran up on us. They just fucked up when you just run up somebody like that. I think it was Justin, and Justin's in the chat room. We were having this conversation in the post game. Like, they were able to bite down on all of those routes and even cut them off at times because they knew that there wasn't going to be enough time for Sam Darnold to really drop back and, and throw the football. I mean, he yeah. had to really get the ball out of his hands. So that allowed their defensive backfield oh, to, to play do faster. Think, do you think Sam Darnold should be exonerated? Because no. I see a lot of the football heads out there now being like, oh, look at how much Sam Darnold holds onto the football. And that they're like, this line isn't that bad or whatever. Should Sam Darnold be exonerated in this game? No, I, I, I don't think I, any of us would. But I mean, I think he I don't think he deserves the majority of the blame. Right. But I do believe that he deserves, deserves at least a, a fair share of of the partial a partial you know of the of the blame to it because i mean there is a reality to it i mean cody even alluded to it early in the game his pocket presence well is it has been questionable in a lot of different areas i mean i will say it's better than i had anticipated it to be but you will see those head scratcher moments and you're really hoping that's something he can he can kind of move past and turn away from but it's it's hard to say that that's going to be a reality when we haven't really seen the consistency we've seen him be better than I think anybody was expecting him to be. And that's something that I think we should take and, and realize that maybe there's still some growth for him, but yeah, he's not exonerated in this at all. When Cody ever say a uh, mean thing about, uh, he, he tweeted Donald. it. He tweeted. He said, he that never was, said nothing he negative about them. He, he, he talked about how him. his past, past his, uh, his pocket presence was, uh, questionable yeah, that- at best. That Had first to use sack, the bathroom at that point. That, that first sack and that uh in that first drive, that first offensive drive, to me, that was on Sam. If he would have rolled out to his right, he had opportunities to make something happen downfield. Wow, look at you. And, and and he had the opportunity to do that. And listen, if anything, I think my criticism of him lines up a little bit with your criticism of, of him, Tony. You were upset with those fumbles that could have potentially t- cost us. Uh, more points against the Houston Texans. And my point is that those two things are related. If you're not aware of where the pressure is coming from and you're too honed in and you don't have a good pocket presence, well, yeah, those defensive linemen, they're training to not just sack you and tackle you. They're going after the football. They're trying to bat the football out of your hands and create fumbles and turnovers and get the ball back. And if you don't have good pocket awareness, then yeah, that's going to continue to it doesn't to come to you know come back to bite us. By the way, doesn't that real? fuck with us? Doesn't that fuck with us though? Because oh, is that real? I hope so. Uh, All right, before we go on to this, why you snoop it, uh, snoop it or whatever it's fucking called? Um, what we've done is we've congr- congratulated. Um, Sam Darnold all season about being able to move and manipulate the pocket like this subtle footwork and this and that. So are we being contradictory at that point when we're saying like, he's been very great at moving the pocket. And then on the other hand, we're saying, and I have been saying is you got to feel that, that pocket awareness. Like, is there a difference? And is it true? I'm not seeing no, anything about it anyway. Oh, there's buzz uh, out there trolling like a motherfucker. Look, okay. just ask. Bro, 
Like, can you, uh, Tony? You but, retweeted it. You forget how how fun, I know, how many we're times all, this dude. Uh, we're all just trying to see if Urban Meyer got fired. All right, how about this? Fuck that. Let's talk it's about so, that. Do you think that um, he should be fired? Oh, uh, where do dude, you guys stand yeah, on the I Urban Meyer do. shit? I really? Do and you know oh, why, what man? Bitch Stop. You know why? You can't be that. You're not Urban the person. Meyer's a bitch. Urban Meyer's the one who's he a is. bitch. He, he thought that he would be able to come into the NFL and do just like he did in college, and all he had to do was recruit and talk to students. Keep in mind, this guy was at the premier colleges in football. Okay, he, you know, whenever he would go into a recruit's house as the Ohio State head coach or the Florida head coach. Yeah, dude, he got the yeah, best recruits watch in out. the country. You better watch out. <laughs> because they all wanted to go to the big time schools. Hell when it yeah. comes to when it comes to actually being like a like a, a a chess player coach who's trying to dissect opposing defenses and offenses and come up with the best game plan to win, Urban Meyer isn't it, dude. And the fact that he's now already being talked about as being a one and done. Like that's a further indictment on yeah, this people guy. People were already no talking spine, about that before man. he even started, though. And, and for it to flame out this fast, yeah, dude, that's a hundred. Apparently, by the way, all the coaches or all the players in the locker room, no one has respect for him. After he apologized for his night out on the town, apparently, after he walked out of the room, the entire team started to laugh at him. Like bust out. Of course, they laughed at him. What would you do, dude? That that guy's lost it, man. If the team doesn't trust him, you have to. I disagree. I didn't even like him before. Now I'm cheering for him. This poor guy. Telling you, got caught. You know. Grind. I don't know. Was, it got I basic. Mean, he got caught no. grinning at a girl. You no, know what I'm saying? No, he got no, caught no. with a buzz. That was it, was it. He got caught with a buzz. That was it. Did he I got hear, caught with a buzz. I hear uh, there he was more it. than one video, and not all of them. Like some of them were pretty damning on him. I've heard. I haven't watched any of them, but I heard that there were other videos that were released that were much worse than him being grinded on by that girl. Okay. Well, I haven't seen those. I just saw that one, and I would say this is he got caught with a buzz. Uh, well, I think Cody is right about the, in a way, is that when you were the head coach of Ohio State or Florida and you walk into somebody's living room, you're like a demigod in a way. Like you have these scholarships you're these at your opportunities. You're you're yeah, you have these life, scholarships yeah. at your disposal. You've got a team of people that's following you in here. People kissing your right? feet really. Yeah. And you're gonna bring the media with you know, you have this aura to you. But when you become an NFL head, you know, the NFL head coach is kind of like a bitch in comparison to a college head coach. I mean, maybe, I don't know, at a high, high profile. Because first of all, you got the GM who is above you, right? Like, if you're the head coach at Ohio State, do you really think the athletic director is that much ahead of you? Like, you're like, oh, there's my boss. If you've been winning national championships, you don't give a fuck about that athletic director. You're like, I am this mug, right? You walk up. Like, do you think Nick Saban worries about when he sees the athletic director, like, saying, yes, sir, he's my boss? No, No. he's the big man on campus, dude. That's my point. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I think there's some genius in that. But now Urban Meyer, you put him in a setting 
And I think this is where all maybe NFL head coaches, coaches may be in this like bitch role. Like they're like vice presidents in a, in a case because number one, they got a GM that's above them. Number two, they or number one above that is they got a billionaire fucking owner above them. Right. So like you ain't the top dog on the planet. You are just the top dog out of the players. Well, sort of. I agree, but I disagree. I've heard it said one time before that, like, when it comes to movies, people think that the producer has all the power. And technically, technically they do. But it's actually the directors who have the final say so with everything. But that's like in game planning, though. But like at the end of the day, this dude got a, a like a video that made him embarrassed. It would be it's how about this? If it was a David Tepper in that video, guess what would be happening? Nothing. Nothing. We'd just be moving on to business. But, but the fact is, is Urban Myers used to be in the top of the top, and at this point, he's just like coach on a fourteen. It would also be different if it was like Pete Carroll or Mike Tomlin. You know, one of these guys that have that are continuously mentioned as one of the better coaches in the NFL. Like Urban Meyer hasn't proven shit to anyone. Then he's bringing up Trevor Lawrence's name in the press conference too. Like, oh, what man, did he say be- in that? What did he say in here? Yeah, so he, he was like, uh, for Trevor's honeymoon, I heard that Trevor was going to Las Vegas with his wife. And I was like, oh, you have to be careful, man. Surround yourself. Why is he saying that? that Why is he saying that? Like right in the one where he's getting in trouble? The same press conference? No, he he gave a press conference with the Jaguars. And he mentioned this. Like he said this. Uh, Yeah, he's trying to deflect. I don't know. I've never liked the guy uh, personally. I'm I'm, I'm just not a fan. I think he's showing his true colors. And um, yeah, I think Matt Rule. Considering the fact that he went to Baylor and Temple, he was never at these big time powerhouse colleges. I think that lended better to him being an NFL head coach because he knew that he was at the bottom of the totem pole from jump and that he had to earn everything. His name wouldn't do anything for him. Urban has always been a um, hotbed of issues. Whether you thought that, like, if you were the one person in the history of the world that just said, oh, uh, he just, it follows him around. You know, it's not him or something. Like, first of all, that person is ridiculous because it's been everywhere he's gone that there has been something going on, whether it be from the very first moment he walked into the NFL, the coach that he hired was part of the beat-up scandal at Ohio State. Like, even after... 10 years of crazy storyline. The first thing he does when he goes to the Jaguars is hire the guy that's under investigation (laughs) or got kicked off at Ohio state. Like, I mean, it is just drama, drama, drama surrounding this cat all the time, dude. I, I don't even know how, and if you, how can you forgive him more than you forgive other people? That we've dealt like, uh, I mean, I these names we can't name on a podcast, but these are the, some he's like a slithery, he's like a Slytherin, dude. 
That's what he is. Is that what <laughs> is, is that what... you really hit him with a Harry Potter reference? His house literally. So. Yeah, I dude, he's so. a he's a big dork, man. All right. Let's go to the next goal. He's not a dork, man. Fellas, he's, just, fellas, he's, a dork. he's a fucking dork. Or whatever it is I'm calling. This is AJ. Um just wanna give you a couple thoughts on the game. So so that we lost this game. I'm not not necessarily mad or anything. Uh, really showed how young we are on the back end of our defense. A lot of confusion, a lot of miscommunication going on in that Ooh, game. That, good call. That really All right, good point. I want to stop it right here and just tell you this. I don't. Th- yes, yeah, saying young is uh, correct and accurate at this point, but at the same time, we were missing the guys that were supposed to be playing. And Shaq Thompson said this, uh, I think, after the game or at some point that communication was the issue. Maybe they said that in the game before. But when you saw these guys, there was two people on the same route. Right? There was miscommunication back there. It is part being young, but that being young was by necessity because we were also hurt. We'll keep going through with the call. Um, but what the biggest, the biggest flaw in this game – was the offensive line was just really trash exposed <laughs> to where you would you would see plays where and I know Taylor got beat a few times, but a lot of times he would be holding his own on the outside and everything on the inside would just be collapsed and gone. And Sam Darnold, poor fella, I mean I feel like he played Considering what he had to go through, the majority of the game he played great. Yeah, he played good. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been nice to hit on some of them deep balls, but I tell you what, uh, if we didn't have DJ Moore, man, we'd really be struggling. Fifty-fifty uh, balls that he ever throws them. I mean, it's obvious Robbie Anderson can't get up over nobody. I think it's time to start uh, looking towards Marshall a little bit more. He was open a few times, especially one deep on one of his interceptions. Marshall was wide open. And, uh, yeah, but anyway, it sucks we lost. But um, I think I think we're going to be okay. The problem we have is we got to figure out a way to get this offensive line better. And uh, Kellen Moore took Joe Brady to school in the third quarter uh, for sure. Uh, Joe Brady's got some work to do, man. I've always thought he was good, but I don't know. He's getting his tail spanked out there by the other offense. There's a lot to unpack on this call right there. I'm going to start with the back end real quick. We're not going to over talk about it, but Kellen Moore been with Dak Prescott for three years now. Joe Brady, uh, second year offensive coordinator with a uh, second quarterback. And, uh, do we say Joe Brady to um, that Kellen Moore took Phil Snow to school at that point, and Joe Brady has failed uh, to go to school for his entire time in the third quarter? Right, like I mean, our offense just doesn't show up in the third quarter. So I feel like Joe Brady's just been skipping school the whole point, and that at this point. But let's go back to this: this DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson stuff. And this is related to Joe Brady. 
we've said over and over that they they listen to the internet they listen to the internet um for week for a few weeks now people are saying robbie anderson has not been involved enough in this um panthers offense and then against the cowboys it really felt like they were near force feeding him at times right it's like this we are making robbie anderson part of the game plan uh but dj moore once again establishes himself as a top tier just incredible type receiver the caller though says robbie anderson doesn't go up for it let's get terrace marshall jr involved more but matt rule after the game also who was celebrating dj moore said that he that the younger kids like terrace marshall jr need to learn uh from his intensity So, uh, like, in, I feel like it's the easy answer to say, let's go Terrace Marshall Jr. Um, where does the storyline fall? Is it um, Robbie Anderson, forced game plan disappointment, Terrace Marshall Jr.? Tell me, what should I gather from this? I mean, you're not going to, I mean, you, you might like my, maybe not like my answer, but I don't think we were force feeding Robbie at all. I just don't think we could get no? the ball to him. Like, he was wide open on that deep pass. Like, wide yeah, open. Yeah, he was. And we couldn't get the it ball went to him. him a lot in this game, though. Like, we haven't gone to him at all for the first three weeks. And all of a sudden, we're talking about it for three weeks, and then they throw it to him nine times in the first two quarters. I mean, listen, I mean, you got to give, you got to keep in mind, he's our, our number two wide receiver, meaning their number one cornerback was on DJ Moore, right? Yeah. I mean, Let me ask you this. Uh, and I'll ask both of you this because I, I remember Greg Olson mentioned this during the broadcast. He said that sometimes coaches and OCs can do this thing where it's like, okay, we want to get this player more involved in the game plan. And we want to make it a point to get them the ball more. And that sometimes in and of doing that, you kind of make a mistake because a lot of times it, it shouldn't be forced. It should actually be a natural That's thing. what I'm trying to say. That, yeah, that's it. When, when Greg Olson said it brilliantly on – the broadcast, and he said to that point that he feels like Sam Darnold has just really made a special connection with DJ Moore and that he trusts DJ and that him and DJ are on the same timing and they're just hitting on all cylinders. And if you have that really good connection brewing and you have DJ making some big-time plays when it matters the most, well, instead of trying to get it to Robbie just to get him involved, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. If DJ Moore is the guy, if he's finally ready to have his number one wide receiver season, then do it, man. Let him have it, and and let's just continue on about it. And I think the opportunities to spread the ball around are going to inevitably come up no matter what. We got Brandon Zilstra a touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we just need to continue to let these plays happen, and, and I think we're going to be okay. This is where, though... I think the force feeding Robbie came in this week and I'm a guy that wants, but Robbie get the ball as much as possible. I love this dude. My favorite 11s, bro. All about it. But the first couple of weeks, what they do week one, they rush Christian McCaffrey, 30 carries, right? What do we do? Callers come on the show, people all over, man, I can't believe you're using Christian McCaffrey this much. I can't believe you're the next week or whatever. We go out there and we intentionally put Chuba Hubbard in 
more snaps. Like you could see it. It was like they were like, you know what? They right. Let's do this. Right. So then what are we talking about now? We're talking about these same things that all of a sudden the last two weeks is just DJ getting fed. DJ getting fed. Where's Robbie Anderson? That's what people have been talking about. Now we come out there and they're just force feeding Robbie Anderson. Not force feeding, but like it's clear the last week they said, oh, we we just try to like we want him to do whatever comes to him, this and that. And then this week it does really feel like plays are dialed up for Robbie. Like last week it felt DJ, DJ, D. Now it felt like, man, it did feel like that was his first look. That was his first look. I've been that saying was his it. first look. I've been saying and then the way now we also get the offensive line joint where the man is like, well, now we got to go back and look at the tape. They are reactive. This coaching staff is reactive. Yeah. Not well, they're listening to us. And that's where I was telling you, I feel like that again, this is my criticism of what this coaching staff has done with Sam Darnold. Whereas, you know, when he has been allowed to improvise, it's worked out. Right. But it feels like they have basically taken the game plan or taken the ball game out of his hands and put it into like this, you know, this is your read, go to your first read, you know, and that's, that's why he stares down his receivers, you know, and that's why he might hold onto the ball a little bit too long is because, or is that just who he is? I, I mean, it know. could be, but it also, I, I mean, like you can in... see it force fed. I mean, do, do we think that this is all Rob? I mean, could this all just be Sam Darnold then? No, I don't think it's all or either. I just feel like it's too much, like either way. Like, yeah. you know, and what I'm saying by that is, is that, you know, I like, I like when Robbie is a big part of the game, but it was working in the first three weeks without him. Like, it's going to come, like Cody says, like it will come. But I feel like at this point that even the staff is getting a little nervous. And that it was, it's like, we have to dial up Robbie this week. We got to dial up Robbie this week. I just really felt like what I saw the game plan be on the field was very similar to just the headlines that I heard in the radio prior to going into the game. And that, I don't know what to say about it. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's like, I don't even need to make Robbie happy right now because he got paid. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if he don't have, I don't want to hear about Robbie Anderson not being happy. He only had one catch. I don't give a fuck, man. My mother just got whatever money. Like, you don't get a cat, you don't get a cry about, and he's not. He's not. I'm just trying to say, I'm looking at every little piece of evidence too much at this point. And I need you, Cody, to pull me out of this vortex and get me back on track against Philly. Uh, well, listen, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know how great of a defensive front that Philly has, but I think going back to that timing and rhythm thing, like DJ Moore has been really good between that 10 and 15-yard distance, right? But let's keep it a buck, man. The fact of the matter is, whoever the deep threat receiver is for the Carolina Panthers is never going to have an opportunity to get into a good rhythm with the quarterback, <laughs> no matter who it is, until we fix this fucking O-line, dude. It was the same thing with Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel was supposed to be our deep shot receiver. You could run a 4-1. You could run a 4-0. Oh. 
You yeah, can it don't matter. Or flat. It don't matter. Is that like if he gets sacked in <laughs> one second? It don't matter for shit. You're there to keep the defense honest, but be lucky if you ever get the ball. And now I feel like, listen, Sam, uh, uh, Hugo up next in the chat mentioned it too. Sam hasn't been great at making uh, those deep ball passes, but I also don't think it would continue to be a problem if Sam had enough time to be able to form that downfield connection with Robbie Anderson. I mean, we already saw it in week one when there was a bunch of pressure in Sam Donald's face. He was able to step up and air the ball out and get it to Robbie. And I think that can continue to happen, but we just have to, uh, one, we have to have pass protection. And that is something that we're sorely in need of. Uh, and then once we do that, yeah, I, I think that Sam to Robbie Anderson can be the kind of connection that we all thought it would uh, once we reunited these two. We should be sending all these fools deep, but the problem is we can't send nobody deep because they're all getting yeah. sacked in them. That's the thing is you're right, is that it doesn't matter how fast you are down the field. Um, if your quarterback is getting hit before you can get off the line of scrimmage, it doesn't matter. The number is 252-228-5098. My podcast brothers, how you doing? What's up, G? Hey, man. Yeah, I still can't believe you lost to the Cowboys, man. Mm. Oh, that, that game. Oh, man. That was just an off day for us, man. Because I don't give a damn what nobody says. To me, Dallas is overrated, and I will say that forever. <laughs> <laughs> I caught so much hell at my job. All these damn Dallas Cowboys fans was talking oh, yeah. shit because I wear, I have an ID that I wear around my neck and with a lanyard. My lanyard is a Carolina Panthers lanyard, you know. But anyway, man, I think one of our main issues, and you said it a while back, Cody, is our damn offensive line, man. And I was looking on Twitter and I forgot the dude's name, but what he said was true. We should put that dude in from uh, Auburn. And Christian, and what can be damn worse? I swear, we drafting drafted those dudes for a reason. That's your guy. Put them in. Put them in. You know, but I really see us winning the next four games. I really, really do, and I still think we're gonna make the damn playoffs. And if you make the damn playoffs, we're gonna be deadly as hell. Phil Snow will clean up what needs to be cleaned up. So I'm really not even worried. Just Dallas has just got. I ain't saying they got lucky, but they ran the ball down our damn throats, and a lot of that on calls. That one fumble from uh, Dallas tied in. That should have been our damn ball. But anyway, Whoa. y'all keep it. All right, let's go to this. Let's talk about it. We haven't talked about it since um, the post game. Do f- I do feel like we were really invested in that fumble? <sighs> it could have changed the tide, bro. Is this? Is that? I yeah. know that people say that we don't want to talk about referee calls, and I'm not even saying referee calls but there's a difference between walking into the half up one point and walking up 10 points and getting the ball back or whatever it could have been that fumble then leads to a touchdown i'm pretty sure later on if it doesn't it sure felt like it it did um you saw joey Bose. was it joey or nick you you love the boses you tell me which well, one who, came who out uh with the guy that has a uh, blonde hair and a brown mustache that played last night—he looks ridiculous. Yeah, Joe, uh, Joey Bosa. 
Joey. It looks terrible, man. Like, why are your hair in your mouth? It doesn't look right. And then he comes out and he says this. He said, and you know what? He's the first dude. He looks like a giant steroid Joe Dirt. (laughs) That's what he looks like to me. He looks like a steroid version of Joe Dirt. Comes out, though, and finally says what we all say on the podcast. These refs, fucking pathetic. He said, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh yeah, he's gonna be a fine. Hell yeah. Dude, but if going I was back to this, player, is that like tie, tie this conversation you know. together for us then? I do if I listen, I if I was an NFL player, just like uh what's old buddy for the Saints, Cam Jordan, just like he relishes in an opportunity to talk shit, dude. I would be talking so much shit if I was an NFL player. Like whenever I got the opportunity to talk shit, I feel like I would want to just to push people's button to make them more mad on the field. I don't know. I kind of like that. Um, but hey, I wanted to make sure that uh, uh, we didn't miss this. Uh, David Screws with the five dollars. He said, uh, uh, "Coaching." He said, "I was trying to say in my super chat, coaching staff, if you're listening, go no huddle." Yep. Mm, speed it up. Yeah. CK, do you think that the Bosa cat's gonna? What do you think about that moment? I mean, I, I I don't think anybody can disagree with what he said, right? But I do think that anytime you call come out and call a ref, you know, call call the officiating out. Like even as a coach, you typically you, you're gonna get fined for it. it. It sounds stupid because like like it is true what they say. Like the next day, you'll get a letter from the NFL say sorry, <laughs> but it doesn't do shit. You know, so you I mean, think I, that was. Um, do you think that? We should get fined today when we say that that fucking forward progress call bullshit. We got fumble. I know you don't think we should get fined, but hell no. What the hell about that call, man? Like, what what are we gonna do when we're on the road? We're playing great, not great. We're playing pretty well in that first half, right? I mean, you walk in there up a point. If you think those games uh, change the momentum they changed the dichotomy of the game and sadly it brings me back to an old ron rivera discussion of there's two or three plays that dictate the whole game and that one was one of them in my opinion yeah it definitely was i mean it the problem is it's like that was a tide turner like that was a difference between us going into the half possibly with a a even greater lead but if nothing else at least with the lead of you know, 14 to seven, you know, there was so much opportunity um, that, that we could have had with that to make sure that that third, that third quarter didn't end up going as crazy as it did. But now we're, we're stuck here, man. We're in a position where we're, we're, you know, just constantly having to look back and it it would have been so much worse had that happened at the end of the game. And that was the end. Like that was how they got their first down or something. Like that actually sucks because like, um, in some ways, that's true. It's almost like chess. It's like a, a mistake in the beginning doesn't make as much of a difference at the end as a mistake at the end. But still, you're talking about a limited number of moves, a limited number of wins and losses. Mm-hmm. So in some ways, just because it's at the beginning shouldn't let us let it off the hook. Right. Right. 
is that a bad call on the last play of the game and the bad call in the first play of the game are still bad calls. But you are right. At the end of the game, they gain like this kind of peace momentum. If you if you play chess, you will see like you like you want to get a peace advantage. And as as you get a peace advantage, each move then becomes exponentially more valuable. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to these, uh, can, let me ask you this: Can you make it better? Can you make? Can you make? Um, and what I mean by that is, is that human error, error will always exist. But is there a way that we aren't talking about this as much as fans? Is there no. like truly a, a like? Can you not incrementally make it better by us not being upset by something that we can all see? <laughs> I mean. The only thing that we, that we really can do is to do what we are doing right now. One, using this podcast right. to, to well, well, to facilitate this flow of ideas, man. Like, again, it baffles me that some of these things that we think are rudimentary, like playing the younger guys, like to our coaches, it's some fucking revolutionary concept. You know, it's like. I don't know. I don't understand it, man. How can um, we make the NFL better? There's got to, I mean, I'm not saying you give me an exact answer, but at the idea is it almost feels like that people are like, oh, and the NFL is like, you know what? We got the biggest dick in town. We don't give a fuck. We don't care I, I if mean, it's like God syphilis or whatever at times. Like they don't care. It's like, is like, why can't you just make it better? You know how they say death and taxes are the only things that are inevitable? Well, it's death, taxes, and referees fucking up no-brainer calls. Like, that's just, that's how it's going to be, man. Uh, you just have to learn to get over it, man, and no one wants to hear it. But it's just like when the Saints... Do you not got- think that the AFL was on to something, though, when they had the extra person in the booth, and then they had that kind of, like, uh, air official or stuff like this? It just the felt XFL, like it yeah. was... Well, aren't they doing that this year? Aren't they doing that this year? They're trying to incorporate like sky judges and shit. Yeah, we need that. Why not? I mean, it's so instantaneous. These guys just go and look at it on a TV screen anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like instant replay from 25 years ago where it had to be like walked over by a dude on a Magnavox TV or some shit like that. Like, they could. All the players look up on the fucking Jumbotron. Every single player looks up at the goddamn Jumbotron. That's how instantaneous it is. I feel like we can just get incrementally better at calls. You know, and what I would say is this, is just not miss calls, like uh, not make bad calls. I don't even want you to throw an extra flag for a call you missed. But when you make a bad call, I feel like they should be able to yank that flag off the field from the damn video Referee. box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anyway. All right. Uh, 252-228-5098. What it do, boys? It's your boy, Mike. Hi, guys. What up, Mike? What up? Fine gentlemen are doing fine on this fine Tuesday evening. Doing wonderful, man. Um, all right. Um, let me get this out the way. Um, 
the last little uh, post-game show, I heard a lot of motherfuckers crying. And uh, (laughs) it's, you know, it's disheartening. You know, it's, I, I, I don't have any ill will towards these guys talking about firing coaches or who decide to name themselves after a a baby with a G string. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Um, It's, you know, I was going to talk shit, but what, why, you know, why, why speak to that level? Why lay myself on the ground? hands feet pounding on the ground like a baby who just got his got his diaper changed you know what i'm saying what what are you crying about it's all good it, your booty is clean okay <laughs> in other words we're three and one all right still tied for first it, it's 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 like our it, it's as if our record was in the negative you know what i'm saying which is impossible but it's it's tiring, man, but I guess I'll just ignore it. You know what I'm saying? Um It's so so here's the question or here's the issue. What why I think they're not putting uh guys like Christensen and Deontay Brown in who's not even active is I don't think these guys are ready. Um you know, you got Christensen playing a position he's not familiar with and you got big old brown who i guess i'm assuming he can't keep his weight down is why he's always inactive so i i think rules gonna keep rolling with the guys he's got because it's kind of working but that's my take on the whole o-line issue keep pounding boys can't surprise to laugh keep pounding keep pounding mike aka supreme leader Love it, man. Dude, I feel like there's a unison, man. Like, all Panther fans are understanding that this needs to happen, you know? But whether or not it actually will remains to be seen. I saw someone in the chat room earlier said that they disagree with me, too, about uh, Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen. But Ooh. it's like, I don't, I don't really understand how... What is the alternative here? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, what we're doing now isn't working that's the the part agreed cody i think what what is the alternative like i honestly want to know in 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 the chat anybody who has a disagreement what is the alternative to trying to like do we keep on doing what we're doing now because that isn't working like it's not working you guys got to keep in mind this happened on the dallas defense that didn't even have their best defensive player in demarcus lawrence we're not talking about a situation where we just let up five sacks. They had four sacks all season in, in three different games. We gave up five sacks. That's a problem. And that, like, so it can't continue down the route that it is. So what is your solution for anybody who has a disagreement on that? And it, I even mentioned this before, too, the, the, the rumors about Deontay Brown being out of shape. Everything I've heard about him is that he's in good shape now. <clears throat> And that he's lost a lot of weight and that he's continued <clears throat> to get better and better. Um, you know, also, RAS scores have been a big topic of discussion 
recently. I know I've heard Tony mention him. If you look at Brady Christensen's RAS scores, dude, he's one of the better tackle prospects to come out in a long time. In a really long time. And the fact that, that we're not playing Brady Christensen, um, yeah, it's a travesty to me, man. And I, I said earlier this season that something will have to happen in order for us to shuffle around the offensive line in the proper order. I'm hoping that that something was Dallas. I really am. Because if that's what ends up happening, this is the most worth it loss that the Panthers could have possibly had. Oh, the most worth it. That's a good way of putting it. And that's why people love you. The number is 252-228-5098. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's go into the next call. Hey, guys. This is Chuck from Elizabeth City, a.k.a. Carolina Sports Guy. What's up, my I just wanted to nominate last year being in the Matt Rules first year's head coach. The disappointing player, uh, the lifetime achievement for suckage, uh, the Tahir Whitehead trophy. Mm. And this year we got neck and neck. I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be Pat Elfline or is it going to be no, no, than Matt Paradis because he sucks ass. Oh. He really does. <laughs> One of those two guys is going to bring over to here Whitehead Achievement Award loser of suckage. I don't know about that. All right, so the thing I would say that um, Matt Rule would say, the thing I would say about Matt Rule would say is uh, that he got stuck with damn Paradise. He brought Whitehead over. We can uh, make Eflin part of the problem, I guess, because he was brought in in free agency. But Paradise, dude... Cody, you've been after this for a minute. Last year, he was not awful. He was not the worst spot on this team. But at this point, this whole line is collapsing up the middle. It is collapsing up the middle, and you cannot help but look at Matt Paradis as not having Sundays in paradise. It's been awful. It says Sundays in the opposite. What's the opposite of paradise? Hell. Because that's where it's been like for this dude. Maybe Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Damn, take that, motherfuckers. Um, love your two stinks, though. Um, you know what, man? This is what I'll no, say. No, whiz or no whiz. Come on, we gotta. We're gonna ask our guests this week. Come on, there. Oh man, uh, like, I like the real no cheese, whiz. Bro. You better not get no goddamn cheese whiz <laughs> on no, your that's steak. Not real cheese. No, man, you get the real shit, dude. I don't care. What that's what they says. do it at the. By the way, I even have friends from Pennsylvania who say that same thing that you're saying. That like, oh, you go to Philly and it's like I can make all the tourists <laughs> go there and they get the cheesy steaks with the whiz. That's not the real shit. And real people that are like up living up there, they know that too. Um, that Pat and G knows. Yeah, what are we talking about? I fucking completely lost my train. We're talking about Matt Paradise, li- Matt oh, Paradise yeah, yeah, okay. living in Philadelphia. Okay. All right, <laughs> um, okay. I'm really trying to like be fair about this because I'm of two different mindsets. One, I continuously see Matt Paradis putting out less than stellar performances, giving up big time bull rushes in every game this year. But then I also know that the center is pretty much left on an island 
if the guards next to him aren't doing their jobs yeah. too. So do I think that Matt Paradis um, has been good? No, I don't. And then apparently PFF disagrees with me. Um, apparently a bunch of other people in Panther Nation think that Matt Paradis actually played a decent game Who against the that? Cowboys. Um, Who I saw thinks some guys this? from... Well, like I said, PFF thinks that. I saw some guys from Four Man Rush. I want them to come on this show. I want them to come on the show and tell good. us that they that he played a good game. If they mean by pretty good game, less like a little bit less stinky than dog shit, then I would. That's <laughs> yeah, one I mean, thing. I but might like, decide. I want to hear this. All right, keep going. No, I might decide, man. Like I, I'm not, I'm not impressed with him, but. I do think, you know, I can't really speak a lot about Tecklenburg. Like, a lot of people are now throwing him into another name of a guy that should be starting. And, again, I don't know if that extends to everyone. I just know that I saw film from Alabama and BYU that I really liked from Deontay Brown and Brady Christensen. I don't really know a lot about Tecklenburg to say that he would represent an upgrade over Matt Paradis. So I'm willing to say that right now, if we're able to get in some better guard help, well, then, yeah, maybe Matt Paradis yeah, might be. Yeah. A, of a course, that would help everybody, wouldn't it? Sure. That's, that's but, been my mindset with Matt Paradis for the majority of his time here is it's hard to, it's the, like, and it's an argument I've made before. It's you're only as strong as your weakest link, right? If If three people are able to just rush untouched on the left side, you're left kind of holding the bag, trying to stop people that not only your assignment, but their assignment as well. Like you're, you're going to be in a, you're going to be looking bad every time that that happens as a center. Um, and so, yeah, I agree. I think Cody's got it. it hits the nail on the head. I, I'm not prepared to say that he is bad, but has he played good? Has he, has he shown us anything to indicate that he't he's good? No, not yet. You he's can say option. he's bad. You can say he's bad, and you can also say that he's, he's not option. worse than Tecklenburg. Yeah, and, right. And, and I mean, like, I mean, he can be. How about this? Is that you think the Carolina Panthers are going to be? This is his last year with the team. They ain't going no more. You think he's yeah. going to be on the team next year, Herman? Nope. I, I really don't, man. I really nope. don't, man. And it 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 sucks that we don't have those draft pieces. Uh, that we are missing. And it does make me wonder what technique and approach Federer will take in our next draft, especially depending on where we're drafting, if he tries to trade back and recoup some of those picks. Because we really do need a sure bunch of different offensive year. line positions. No, you're right. It's it's his last year. Um, so here, here's the other thing, too, and, and to lend to your argument and not to, to take this too far, though, um, you know, Trey Boston was a great player. We all we want him on the show. Chat, chat, get this guy on the C3 Panthers podcast. Y'all can do it. Chat, get him on here. Uh, but uh, Trey Boston was a player that I thought was a very good football player. And it showed when he was on good football teams. And it was tough for him on bad football teams to showcase what his talent. And so I feel like this is that like his look, look his paradise might be bad at this point in his career might be old, might be off. He won't that bad last year. He won't awful last year. But like you said, is that um, 
it's hard for him to not look as bad as he is amongst a big pile of poo-poo. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we have around him right now. Right. So. And and those and it's just all coming like it is. Um I would be uh, tell me one player that's made one good play um on this offensive line. Like that you could or had a good game. And 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 if you say Taylor Moten, then you're just saying it because you believe because you like his name and you know it. And he has been the best player out of these five mofos. Easily. But, it's but not tell been, me, not has anybody special. looked good? Uh, there's that one time Christian McCaffrey picked up that big time block. Uh, that was a pretty look, good one. That was look, interesting. That's uh, a running back. Yeah, All no, right, see? Yeah, thank you too much. No. They I mean, just yeah. look ridiculous. They kind of just look ridiculous. You have to think of the offensive line as one big position. Like, sure, yeah, the, sure, the, I'm ready those, for that. Yeah, I can they, okay with they that. play in tandem. And if you have one really good offensive lineman, even he's going to look like shit if everyone else is getting work. I won't say shit. He won't look like shit. Maybe not shit, but it can't look great. Not if everyone's getting disabused all the time. Hmm. I feel like we've just been getting abused. Hey, but how about this? No, let's have equal. I mean, let's give blame where blame is due. I've seen Taylor Moten get beaten this year, too. Right, right. Yeah, like, so we can't even barely say his name at this point. And yeah. uh, some people say it's Sam Dawn. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, you can tell us. The number is 252-228-5098. Hey, guys. This is Chuck from Elizabeth City, a.k.a. Carolina Sports Guy. I just wanted to nominate last year being in a Matt Rule's first year. Oh, we heard this. Head coach. We heard this. The call? disappointing oh, play. Sorry. Next one. Hey, what's up, C3 Panthers fans? This is Shane Welch, the Cardiac 13. What's up, Shane? The Cardiac up, Cat 13. Um, calling from Stokesdale, North Carolina. Hey, man, that game this weekend, that was just a reality check. All right. I like I mean, this. We're a good football team, but we all talked about it before the season started that we had no depth. That if a couple of injuries hit us, who did we have to back those guys? We got to play from ahead hey, too. That caught up with us. You know, we talked about how bad our offensive line was. You know, it ain't got no better. We talked about our kicking woes. That ain't got no better. We're a good football team. We're a playoff football team. We're not a Super Bowl contender. But we can very easily be 7-1 and one after the next four games. I mean, all four of those teams mm. are 1-3. and three. We can beat mm. the Patriots and be 8-1 and one going into the game against the Cardinals. So there's a chance for us to be a really good football team. We're just not a championship caliber football team yet. There's hope in the future. Everybody keep pounding. We're not out of this thing yet. It's only week four. We still got 13 games to play. Go Panthers. Have a good night, guys. It's a lot of positivity in the call lines tonight. Yeah. Can I also There's... add another one? Yeah. <clears throat> like, if we want to start talking about positives, I, I know that the the pat the pat or the uh, Bucks won, but I saw a lot of cracks in their armor. Yeah, I, I don't believe they are 
I, I they're 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 certainly the ones to beat in the NFC South. But do I think they're a Super Bowl team right now? I didn't see a Super Bowl team out there on that field Sunday night. And I haven't really all year, except for maybe that first game against the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this earlier. We've seen good teams this year already lose. So, uh, you know, also knowing that the Saints lost to the Giants, the Falcons lost to the Washington football team, Tampa Bay, yeah, they've got Tom Brady. They've got all these players, but they haven't looked by any means invincible. And this is a team that also Tampa Bay lost five games last year and still went on to to win the Super Bowl. I don't mind dropping a few games in September, early October. I mean, really, it's it's you know, late October, early November football, where it really starts to matter. And those good teams separate themselves from the rest of the pack. And a lot of it, too, is what teams are getting healthy at the right time. And this is another question that I think we need to at least touch on for a moment because we've been having it for the past few weeks here. I'm not in favor of rushing Christian McCaffrey back into action. I mean, apparently he's day-to-day and Christian might come back. Let me tell you, I don't want to... They should have just put him on IR for three weeks and yeah, just shut I don't it down want and to brought an Christian. extra offensive lineman on. I do not want to see Christian versus Philadelphia. And maybe a lot of you are not, uh, well, disagree. No, you're, I agree with that. No, yeah, I agree with that. I don't, I don't want to see him. Let him have an extra week to 100%. Two. Too. I know that Christian is raring and raving to go. I understand this, man. But part of what we have, what we had to learn the hard way about Cam Newton's injuries and Greg Olson's injuries, is that when your star players are getting hurt, they're elite football players. They want to be out on the football field <clears throat> playing for their team. So part of it is you have to reel these guys in and say, "Hold on, man. I know you're where you're." ready to go, ready to get back on the football field. But for your own health and safety and for the betterment of this team's long-term goals, we're going to sit you back one more week, make sure your hamstring is fully healed, ready to go, and then let's hit the ground running and make sure they're not dealing with this. Why don't we just put him – why don't we just shelf him till November 14th against the Cardinals? Think about this. Is that really (laughs) – like you want to you want to try him out against the Eagles where, um, well one I don't I don't think the Eagles defense is gonna like ruin him you know what I'm saying like I'm not scared about their defense on Christian McCaffrey but it's about the health of Christian McCaffrey but then we got to play so we have the Vikings next all right so let's bring them to the Vikings game maybe but then the we Vikings got the Giants the Falcons and the Patriots. Like, I'm at to the point, this is, I feel like we could beat everybody but the Vikings before without Christian McCaffrey. I mean, yeah, I would. I why, why, why do we need them to beat the Eagles right now? And I, I mean, I'm not saying to beat the Eagles, but boy, no, wouldn't don't Christian need McCaffrey help a lot uh, on the road against the Cardinals November 14th rather than playing two weeks? And re-aggravating his hamstring against the Giants. Is, is there a rule like, and and I, maybe I misunderstood this, and maybe I don't understand. Maybe I didn't know this. 
if there is like it, with the ir i remember it used to be guaranteed like you could like what it was it it was a minimum of used to like be six or eight, eight weeks, weeks or yeah eight weeks or something like that now so no they got a new rule right and so that's what it used to be but is am i mistaken in saying like they have a limit every year of how many people they can bring off of ir that I, I don't that. know, but I do yeah, know they I have a short term IR now, which yeah. is yeah. three weeks. And then on top of that, there is another new rule, which I need you guys' help to help me figure out. Is I swear to Christ, when I watch these football games, the fullback is moving in motion before the ball is snapped. And I think it looks like a false start every goddamn time. These are new rules. They allow the fullback to be running to a certain direction. Right. Tell me about this. I don't know. I mean, you, you guys haven't seen that at all. It I looks mean, like kind of like a shift. Yeah. It looks kind of like a shift, but like is. Uh, I don't me feel like as long I mean, as they're off the line. I don't think it's a problem. Is you that might what have it to is? find they an can example. move entirely. I want to know an about that. Of what you're talking about and show it to me. I don't. Uh, maybe I'm missing it. Maybe it's I'm like on every fucking run play. It's it. crazy. But I will say this. So ideally, I would like to see Christian McCaffrey back at home for Minnesota. I think that that's a good game. If he's yeah, because listen, there's a chance that he's ahead of schedule, and maybe that's why he's day to day. You know, they're kind of seeing how he is. I would take one more rest and comfort week, make sure that he's good and healthy. And by the way, uh. Uh, I actually went on the Philadelphia Eagles subreddit today, and apparently the two positions that they're worst at is linebacker and running back, and they paid the least amount of money to linebackers and running backs out of any team in the NFL. So, knowing you, that we're not... Then they should be a Super Bowl a Super Bowl team in your eyes, right? No, not at all, man. I mean, not from a linebacker yeah, those are the t- Those are the positions you're supposed to pay... Pennies to well, not linebacker running back. I'll, I'll say they're <laughs> yeah, they're just re- they're, they're more replaceable. But the reason why I bring up the running back position because on the other end of the field, uh, when we play Minnesota, they're gonna have Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook is one of the best running backs in the NFL, and they're gonna be able to do that ball control kind of offense too. And they're going to look at what Dallas did and try and replicate that same success. Um, but we have to have a better defensive performance. And I do think at that time, yeah, having Christian back before we go on the road for two big time away games with New York and Atlanta, I think that would be a great timetable for him. But no need to rush him back, man. We need to learn from Why our do past you want mistakes. Him to come again and help us with these teams, we should beat the fuck out of anyway. Because I'm being realistic. I know he's going to come back at some point in that span. I mean, they're not just going to keep him off the field if he's 100% ready to play. So, yeah, I might want to start him. With so we need him against the Vikings then. Let's see, I, let's see him against the Vikings then. That's what we and need. I the Vikings him, are a pretty good team. Like, people be sleeping on them. Yeah, and I want them against Atlanta too. Just because it's a division rival and I want to shit down the necks. All right. All right. Uh, next call. Hey, what's up, C3 Panthers fans? This one? is Shane Welch, yeah, the Cardiac 13. Right. Next one. Yo, what's good, C3? It's Justin. 
Uh, I just want to call in and, and, and uh, agree, give a vocal agreement with what Cody's been saying. Um, I've been echoing it uh, since hearing Cody say it. And, and um, obviously through the first four games of the season, it's become more and more apparent that they, there needs to be a shuffling at the O-line, uh, of the O-line. Moulton's been solid, but I feel like Moulton's play has been going down because of how poorly the guys to his left have been playing. Yeah. And they they have to do something. Something needs to be done in order for that to be fixed. I, I, I truly believe that like, the rookies can't be any worse than what's been going out there. And by far, in my opinion, Paradis has been the worst of the the O line. He um I can't think of the linebacker's name, the Cowboys linebacker. He used speed to get around Paradis. And then Carson. Randy Gregory used power like they both put Paradis right in Sam's lap. Sam's putting up numbers behind this line. If 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 we shuffle the line around and those rookies are able to propel this line into an average area, we're gonna be a problem for every team that we play. But as this line is currently constructed, it's going to be a problem for Sam and the rest of the offensive players. Like, their sack total has gone up each week. I think it was two against the Saints, three against the Texans. They gave up five to the Cowboys, and the Cowboys only had four sacks on the season going into that game. You you don't make you don't make the playoffs. You don't make no deep playoff run with an O-line like that. They're, 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 it's been said that Sam hasn't played a full full season, and if this line stays as it is, he he's not going to play a full season with us either. He's going to get end up getting hurt, and they they I, I I hope Rule and company like from that clip that you guys played, Rule seems to acknowledge acknowledge that this line as it's currently constructed cannot be the final product. So I'm hoping that they they address it. You got disciples, huh, man? I'm all for Christensen being a left disciples. tackle, left guard. Uh, leave Daly out there on the left side, left tackle, left guard. Put Tecklenburg in at center. Put Blastoise in at right guard. Leave Moulton where he's at. <laughs> and, and put put a tight end, put Trimble in at fullback. That's all he calls. Let him stay that's back there awesome, and block, help block. That's what he was known for in college. But – yeah, that's all I, I wanted to say. Uh, enjoying the show. I appreciate what you guys do. Keep pounding. Pounding, Keep pounding Justin. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, I'm I'm growing my number of disciples, Tony. I'm trying to put people religion, on this dude. word. I'm trying to put people on I know. On this I really word, feel you know? like it's like he's gonna. He's like a guru at this point. But dude, like I'm not trying to sound like a conceited asshole, man. But I've been right on a bunch of this shit that I've ended up saying, man. So, dude, maybe these Panthers do need to listen. Hey, call me up, man. Blastoids? Who the fuck? What, what is that? I'll show you. Uh, he's a Pokemon. He's this big water turtle. <laughs> he's a big bat. And how is it not? Um, who is it uh, that I like? Is uh, I like the analogy that's more of the, not analogy, but the reference to... Um, what was his name? Cooper. He was uh the princess. He was in uh, Mario Brothers. 
He was a big uh, turtle. Uh, Bowser. 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 Yeah. That's what I thought he looked like was Bowser. This is Blastoise. Is this a big <laughs> war turtle? Uh, it's, a, it's a big angry. I love how this is like dude. this cartoon resonated more with kids one generation later than me. Bowser and all of them were like, or whatever. That, look, that's like basic. That's the most basic cartoon ever. <laughs> hey, man, don't pretend uh, like you know. Me and CK know, man, when we were in yeah. elementary school, when Pokemon cards came oh, out, man. dude, that there dope. was nothing was in your the world. Shirt? Dude, that was, there was you, nothing have you Pokemon Go like crazy? Like Pokemon. Not, not necessarily Are you Pokemon Go. Goers? From a nostalgia nah, standpoint. I never, uh, never played with it. When I was in elementary school, dude, if you weren't down with Pokemon and Pokemon cards, you were a fucking lame, dude. Pokemon was with them uh, hacky sacks. Uh, there were oh, some pong. Come on, uh, Grandpa, hacky sacks. Nah, what were these? Uh, this other thing that we used to do, and these were in, like, and it was a little bit when I was starting to get older. But you would uh, pogs. You ever heard uh, of pogs? I, I did. I messed with those. Yep. As well. And then you like, so, they're like marbles. They're like um, Bowser meets a marble, right? Yeah. So you, you have all these them. pogs that you could collect that are like you get your Bowser pog. But then and hell yeah, smashed. new daddy! I was the Digimon guy too, man. Digimon was what my the hell is a Digimon? Up. I don't even know what that. <laughs> I never even heard that, dude. Oh. Like. Never, Digimon, never heard Digimon of in my was life. like this kind of offshoot of Pokemon, but a lot of people liked it better. And I was actually one of, of those. Of course, they did. That, I'm a contract. Yeah, I was one of these. I, yeah, I was one too. of them. I was Digimon one of was them, Digimon was cool because like you combined different creatures to make different creatures, like in or more epic creatures, which was pretty cool. But uh, yeah. yeah, Digimon was uh was one of my. I, I used to really like to watch Digimon. But I used to love playing Pokemon, so it was like uh, one one was more entertaining to watch, and one was more entertaining to play. What the hell is Yu Gi Oh? Yu Gi Oh? Never heard of Yu Gi Oh. Tell me, bro, you need a craft course in nineties bro. Nineties? I'm yeah, from the nineties. I mean, you're in the wrong nah, decade. Maybe no, nah, maybe you're a little bit before. You have to be, man. Dude, okay, do you nah. know what Dragon Ball Z is? I mean, I've heard of it, yeah, but it was way after being oh, a dude. Man. Actually, no, technically, it was before your time. Even it came out in the early eight, early. No, eight. I was a. Dragon yes, Ball I've heard about that. But here's the time. thing: in like um, 1999, I wasn't sitting around watching cartoons anymore. How old were you in 1999? I was uh, 18. Oh yeah, of course not. That so was, I was like I was out trying to get old. that. Yeah, yeah. So see, see, that's what I'm saying is like, yes, is that was I part of that 90, 90s is my decade, huh? I mean, but we are little on there. setting up the Atari Pong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. All right, y'all are, y'all are terrible, man. What's your name, Tony? That was so funny. Nah, that shit was so funny. I just wanted to call in and agree, give a vocal agreement with what Cody's been saying. I've been echoing it. Cody, you are a call, man. Cody, you are off of it tonight. I am. I'm so (laughs) shook. 
That's the third Look, time in a row you played the same call. Right? I know. <laughs> and on top of this. And that offensive line, man. And it'll probably Terrible. take two years to get that straightened out. It'll probably take two drafts. Don't put that out in the world. But I did say it. I feel like, man, we, we, we like one, one piece away. And we just need an anchor on that defensive line. And when I say anchor, I'm talking about like Star. Star was an anchor that let. Oh, did you hear about him today? What happened with him? When I think about anchors, I think about like Gilbert Brown from uh, the past. They were just saying how like dope he is for Buffalo still. Or or Vincent uh, Wilford that played in uh, Texas and New England. You, you gotta have that anchor, man. That, that's not gonna get pushed around. Get pushed around, man. It's gonna go hold that anchor in place, man, and let everybody else fly around and do what they do. So, man, those those are my thoughts. Let me know what you think. The meantime, do you think this? Time, right, thanks a ton for the call. Do you think Appreciate that you, this? Um, do you think this uh, game is a referendum on our defensive front? Or do you think that our defensive front was negated uh, by other factors? And I'm going to go ahead and give you my answer right away. Is that, look, as do I think that uh, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick, and Derek Brown are any less disruptive than they have been? No. I don't. I think next week, come out, they're going to try to fuck people up. They are going against a good Philadelphia line that has suffered injury that somehow has good backups. It's crazy. I know. How does a line who gets injured have good backups? We don't know that. We don't know good things in Carolina. But I truly believe that our defensive pass rush was negated more so by the inability of the offense to be consistent, consistent production, playing from behind and then them them busting off these big ass runs like is it real you know i mean like does, does that mean that brian burns can't rush the passer anymore because ezekiel Elliott got a 70 yard run no it doesn't mean that no so calm down on that but our secondary the changes there the missing of shaq thompson that's going to make it more difficult. And maybe we see the run continue to be a problem now. Yeah, I don't know about continuing to be a problem. Listen, you might not like my answer because it's not really too strong one way or the other. We're going to have to respond and, and see another performance before we can know. I mean, we didn't play up against great offensive lines. Well, except for the Saints. I don't care what anyone no. says. The Saints what do you mean still have a good wait. offensive line. Well, this Sha- is what no shot. Let me finish and you here. This is what I'm saying. If the if the Panthers continue to let teams run all over them, then we can kind of say, All right, is this an indictment on on the level of talent that our guys have? And they're just not up to snuff. And maybe some of these guys just aren't quite as good as we thought they were, or did they just have a bad day at the office? 
especially playing football. Which one do you think it is? Time. Which one do you I, think it I is? I think though? that my, my honest opinion, I think they had a bad day at the office. It's a young front seven that went up against a much um, a much more veteran, much more tenured offensive line that had been playing together for some time, uh, that they had a rhythm and a tandem with one another, and they were able to slap us in the mouth. And, yeah, I think that sometimes that, that's going to happen, but ultimately I think Derek Brown is still a monster, incredible power in the middle. I, I'm not any less of a believer in Phil Snow and what he's been able to do with our defensive play calling. Um, and then Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick, I think when those two guys are playing on the edge at the same time, they're always representing a threat to annihilate the quarterback on any given play. So, yeah, I think it was a bad day at the office, but I can't confirm that yet, man. CK. We need a good game against Philadelphia. CK, I want to believe him. Yeah. I want to believe him that it's a bad day at the office. And I I, I do think it was a bad day of, at the office. Right. You can't go in you can't go in there and be like, "Oh, that was a good day at the office." Certainly. But here's what we he he said all these names and uh, I love all those names and they're awesome and they're going to play this week, but they're not the problem. The problem is not Derek Brown. The problem is not Brian Burns. The problem is not Son Reddit. The problem is that Shaq Thompson is going to miss a couple of games. The problem is, is that we don't know who our safeties and corners are at this point. And it's not that they're bad or good that I'm trying to say a referendum. Look, uh, CJ Henderson actually played pretty well from all regards in this first game. But it's not those names that he mentioned that are the problem. The problem is is the back end of the field, the youth, and the in, I won't say inconsistency, the unknowns there. Are you right. ready to just say that it's just a bad day at the office? I mean, yeah, I, I think that. Oh, I feel like I've really, I'm sorry, I put it on you. And Cody, you should have to deal with that. You should have to deal with that question. You've over there. But do you really think it's just a bad day, man? I did. I already told you that. I thought it was a bad day. Yeah. I mean, oh, I really. So oh. what, Tony? Are you saying that this is this is who we are? That we're, the, we're that limp team that's just going to get run all over and just get our shit kicked in? Is that what you're saying? That that's who the Panthers' defense really is? CK, what do you think? Because no, I I'm think that... you. Uh, oh, you want to know what you? I think? Yeah, because oh, it I will tell you like this. Actually, saying... yeah, I, I don't think we were exposed. I think we were... Um, we ran up into injury. Like, we were really good until we got injured. And I don't know about that uh, communication in the backfield. And now that Shaq's gone, yeah. Is that actually, I would think this, is that regardless of how good those guys are, the front four, and I'm not trying to take anything away from them, is that if they go out there and mugs get run up on them, what are we going to say? We're going to say we're missing Shaq. We're missing right. this. We're missing that. Like, and it's true. And it is true. So, yes, is that um, I right now I think that this defensive unit is hobbled to a point where I need – I don't know how they're going to recover. 
Period. I don't know how they're going to recover. Tell me. Tell me how. Is it that bad? You, you guys really are talking about that Jamie. You're, you're about, yes, you're talking about signing Jamie Collins. No, not how, Jamie Collins. Ooh, what, a, what a crazy story this would go from being the number one defense. Imagine if you were the number one defense and you went to like the 27th defense in like four weeks. No, nah, I think you're panicking for nothing, Tony. I, I'm I think not panicking. I'm not yeah, panicking. What wrong. I'm saying is this, if, if is, that, no, is that the that losses are significant. We were thin in linebacker, period. Before we came into this season, look, two weeks ago, you guys were saying the worst part of this defense was the linebacker core. And, and this is a homie that has been on Shaq for the last three years. And I brought the jersey back out this year. I'm all on the shank train this year. And then the mug gets hurt. And guess what? That's like our best asset. We just Dude. lost our best, worst asset. Like, well, what, what have I been saying, next? too? That our defensive line has been allowing our linebackers to play faster and to flow faster. Right. You know, true, you, true. But I'm, who are you going to get to do in that? Who's yeah, gonna we do still it now, have though? the dudes, though. We still have the Who? dudes, man. Who? Uh, Who? Der- Derek Brown, Brian Burns, Hassan. No. Reddick, Who Dick is Juan the Jones, linebacker? J- Jermaine Carter, Frankie Louvu. Listen, our linebacker is what it is right now, Tony. I mean, wow. you can wish in, wish in one hand and shit in the other and see which wow. one fills up wow, faster. Wow, wow, wow. It's going to be what it is. Our linebackers like, is what it is. Here's, as long as our front four continues to get home, then we have a chance no matter who we try out there. Go ahead. Don't forget, we do have other linebackers that are playing as defensive ends. Hassan Reddick isn't an, immune to being able to play as a linebacker outside of the line mm. defensive line rushing the quarterback. You know, let's be real about some stuff. It's not like we're ruined, like we're completely just without possible starters. Like, I mean, we have people. It's just a matter of like being able to plug and play. That's what this whole, that's what this whole coaching staff has been about is being able to have players that are versatile and play multiple positions. And that's what we have. We have Jeremy Chin, Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick. You have a Christian McCaffrey. You have Chuba Hubbard, who, you know, is maybe starting to turn it around and being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, you have who Shaq is the Thompson, linebacker, is, though? Yeah, who is you, the are you linebacker? Serious? We're missing. We're missing our number one corner. We're missing our safety. So we're missing J.C. Horn. This is what we lost in a week. J.C. Horn, Justin Burris, and now Shaq. And you're gonna try to just tell me you're gonna cycle. But you're also acting like good? it's gone for the rest of the season. Who? Uh, Shaq. Shaq will be fine. No, no, but Shaq he's definitely fine. gone for the next two games. Is Dude, like what they're NFL, acting and, like. And hey. NFL season is all about getting healthy at the right time. If we're going to have injuries, okay. I, okay. I I'm not that saying they're like tank. Right I now, tank? I prefer that these injuries happen right now so that we can get over them, get healthy, and get better by the time we move into that week nine, week 10 area of our schedule when we finally start to play a little more big boy football. It's not time to worry and freak out about our defense yet, man. There, it, listen, we've had we, – Tony, hear me out. We have had three all-time performances 
from the Panthers this year. One against our division rival Saints. And then they had one bad game on the road this year. I think this defense, and more importantly, Phil Snow, deserves the benefit of the doubt. Sure, sure. I ain't turning my back on none of the guys, man. But injuries take a toll at some point. I'm sorry. Like, is it? it, We all right. We all right. Um. Let's see. I don't even know what call. How many calls we have? Hey, guys. It's Joey. What up, Joey? Uh, first of all, y'all are talking about Irwin Meyer. Dude, I ain't got no problem with him being grinded on by a girl and being caught with a buzz. You know he what? did thrust a little. Does that shit all the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I know I'm not the head coach of an NFL team. <laughs> right. But nine times out of ten, that's probably why that girl was grinding on him. Can you not see he's that? the head coach of the football team. I mean, I can't believe anybody respects, you know, like being the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars gets you attention from girls, but sometimes they don't know a lot about <laughs> football. A lot that was of them a good do. Joke, Joe. Some great ones that do, but not all of them do. And those are probably the ones that are giving them all the attention. Like, you know, girls like uh, Sarah Taylor and the Den Mama, they ain't giving him no attention. He ain't sure. But about the Panthers, yeah. Like, you remember that call I made on the post game where I basically says, I basically said the offensive line sucked. Didn't even do my roar because it was just so deflating. I mean, it smelled like, it smelled so bad like shit that even I could see that it sucked. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, no, what need other need like other need we would need to address in free agency like last year was kind of a linebackers is still an issue and they kind of still are but eh they're okay but there's no reason we can't pull a Kansas City Chiefs and we, and they basically aside from signing Patrick Mahomes to like a huge like drunk-ass Joey the Blind Panther dream-type deal, they went crazy for their offensive line. I think we could do that this offseason. So I'm real excited. Anyway, guys. Wow! wow. (laughs) Again, questions come back to the Uh, offensive line. Let's go to the next call. I think it might be Joey again. Hey, guys. It's Joey again. Uh... (laughs) Did anyone hear about the news concerning our former much Ryan Vermillion? Oh, oh, I have this on the show. Trainer Ryan Vermillion. I say uh, much missed sarcastically because I mean we, you know, basically he was responsible for Cam Newton's downfall, but. Guess what? It was on the news because I'm a subscriber to a few local news channels on YouTube. It was on the news that guess what? They were the drug enforcement, the DEA raided Homeboy's house and the practice facility. 
And they say that he was a drug dealer since he's been an NFL athletic trainer. Wow. And uh, I can't wait to listen uh, to that podcast. And the players were like, yeah, he was always a guy that you had to look past the first layer. I found it very hard to trust him. Like, that's what players would say that he was a shady character. I mean, nothing surprises me anymore. Nope. I mean, it's it's not as crazy as this, but it's almost like that teacher in Union County that was that was that found himself getting into it with the cartel. Oh, oh Lord. God. Anyway, guys. Oh, and uh, to uh, Ryan Vermillion, ice up, son. Here we go. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, what did we even say about Ryan Vermillion, man? This guy uh, mismanaged. RV. No, you got to come. RV. That's what uh, Ron always calls him. He's like, RV, RV, mm-hmm. RV. I mean, dude, how about this? I'll call him a fraud. And he is a fraud. This wow. is the same you, you you went you've gone so aggressive on this, right? Dude, away. he is a fraud. I've been saying this forever. This dipshit mismanaged the injuries of Cam Newton, Greg Olson, Luke Keeksley. I mean, we can go on here. Like, this has been a problem with the Panthers forever. Uh, you know, uh, having players come back in too early. I mean, again, Ryan Vermillion, we've all for a while here, we've all for a while here had so many questions about the Panthers doctors, and this guy was the head honcho, he was the head of the bunch. So it's like, what are we doing here, man? Yeah, of course, this asshole uh, was up to shady shit. This is the least surprising thing in the world. Uh, you know, I hope this guy gets fucking found guilty. Dude, I have no sympathy for people who are in a position to where they have to help people, but they're only uh, in it for themselves and they have all these ulterior motives and shit. Like, I can't stand that, man. I, I really it, can't stand Isn't it very weird that we... Um, all right, so when I sit here on this, like, uh, cusp of exposure to a team, right? So we're watching this team. We see these things happen. We're... We have this platform we're trying to influence in this and that. And I know I'm on the outside of it, right? Like, I mean, I know I'm kind of like on the bubble on the outside, but then you see these little things that you think are like, man, I really have been watching this for a while. can see it looks a little fucked up. I don't remember a time where we were just like, look, um, Man, the Panthers, uh, the staff is really getting these guys back quicker than we expected. Yeah. We, I I mean, go back to the tape. I mean, go back to the goddamn tape. And it's just like this. It's like, um, why? Why is this dude? Why why are we having this surgery eight months after it sounded like we should have had the surgery? Not eight months. I mean, I'm being exaggerative. But uh, the best example is uh, the one where uh, Cam had something done, and they could have done it right after uh, the season ended, and they waited like three months later. And it was like RV, RV. 
And you're starting to wonder, is RV going to become the scandal that uh, there's this great, and I'm terrible with names, but you can go and there's this podcast like this dude that got rated for the WWE or something or WWF. Like, and he was the doctor for this like professional wrestling organization. Like is Ryan Vermillion all of a sudden going to become the next Dr. Death podcast? I don't know, but man, I really feel validated. I feel validated at this moment for all these times we were like, man, this shit seems shady here. Like, why is it that this just wasn't handled better? I'm starting to wonder Ryan Vermillion, Vermillion, this case. I'm like, uh, I feel, I mean, I'm wonder, I'm, I, I feel like, uh, justified, justified. I like, I feel like make an FX show about me. Yeah, dude. Uh, fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, I, I really have no love for these people from yesteryear, from Panthers past. Uh, these people that have fucked over players and and fans alike with their dirty deeds and their and their you know, mishaps involving injuries with these players, man. Um, I hope he gets what's coming to him. Again, I certainly don't know the details, but uh what goes around comes around. CK, bro. why would he be in why why would he be arrested right now? Like I mean, like why would they raid his house and this and that? Why would they raid a doctor's house? Would they would the DEA raid you if you just fudged on your taxes? No. Mm. No, hundred percent. A raid on the like mm. that's the thing. Like this would be different D-E-A. if it was like, like it'd be different if these guys just showed up and we're like, hey, any chance we can search and just to get it was a fucking raid. Boom. He's like the John Gotti of uh dude. Hey, oh, here's another thing I want to say about this is um poor Ron Rivera. God damn, Ron Rivera has been the sacrifice. He should be the sacrificial. He's the Jesus Christ of the NFL. Oh, please. I sw- no, I swear, man. Well, actually, I swear. No, like, I'm Catholic. I should not be saying any of these words. He's a sacrificial lamb of the NFL. And this is what I mean. is This guy was here when Greg Hardy gets caught up in that shit. Right? So Greg Hardy gets this joint, gets this charge, and then all of a sudden Ray Rice video pops. And it became way bigger. If the Ray Rice video did not exist, Justin Hardy would still be playing. Greg Hardy? Or Greg Hardy, thank you. Thank you. Greg Hardy. Greg Hardy would still be playing in the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was like uh, the audio and the video from the Ray Rice mashed up. So Ron Rivera had to come out there, and every week they would ask him. They'd be like, well, what's up with uh, Greg Hardy? He'd be like, well, uh, you know, it's a non-commissioner, but exemplars. So he had that. Then he had the Jerry, uh, help me out. Um, Jerry not Richardson? Jerry, Jerry Richardson. Yes, the leg scandal joint. Right? He's had all of this. He's had to go out there and be the sacrificial lamb. And then he went to the... Uh, the Washington football team, and they trotted him out there for the name change. They trotted him out for the goddamn name change. And they're like, well, what do you think about it? He's like, well, I'm a minority, so of course I think the Washington football team would be great. 
Like it has just gone on and on. And now poor Ron Rivera out there having to deal with drug dealing Ryan Vermillion. Drug dealing Ryan Vermillion. It has a good ring to it. Yeah, but at the same time, why do you think Ryan Vermillion was there? For the same reason that Marty Hearn is there. Because Ron Rivera has a fucking boys club where all of his pals get to go and hang out around him because he gets to call the shots and be and be the 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 bid timer. So hey, maybe you want to heap all this. Oh, poor Ron Rivera. Dude, whatever. I don't feel sorry for that guy in the slightest. His what team do you mean? Because he doesn't know how to play like- a proper quarterback out there on the football field. I have no sympathy for any any person from Panthers oh past goodness. that is now looking for redemption, dude. I don't give Poor a fuck. Ron I'm Rivera. Dude, who gives Poor a Ron fuck? Rivera. He got cancer and uh, drug dealing vermilion. <laughs> dude. I wish him all weird. the best. He's not the only one that's had cancer, man. He beat it, power to him. Uh, I, I wish everybody nothing but the best, but at the same what, time, you want bro, D'Angelo Williams to shame you next? Is that what bro, you they saying? can all get it, man. D'Angelo Williams, <laughs> fucking Ben Schwartz, or whoever that fucking guy was that used to be a Panthers old lineman that did nothing but talk shit Jeff, about Cam Newton. Jeff Schwartz. Whatever. Fuck that asshole, too. Uh, <laughs> d- done with all of it, man. Derek Anderson for being a little bitch about shit on Twitter. Fuck that guy, too. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm I done, roll man. with Cody forever, bro. I got your dude, back. If, you, if you're not on this shit that the Panthers are on now, you're on some old shit and we ain't about it no more, man. <laughs> you funny. All right. Show. All right. Uh, that's it, actually, for the calls. Um, Let's get through the final uh, information of this. We got to do our picks, first of all. and Or not first of all. What else we got to do? Anything else uh, we got to we talk have about? To do, I think just ice up. Yeah. Right? All right. So let's do our picks for... Because I'm trying to start keeping... A, um, I have a list around here somewhere. We were even going into last week, but how about this? Is that the Atlanta Falcons and the Giants lost in more embarrassing fashions than we did? We got big dicked in the third, right? That's what we did. We got big dicked in the third quarter. These poor mugs. The was, Giants, that, was that the only person that took the Washington uh, football team to beat Atlanta? No, I think I did. No, I think we all did. I got you all did. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we were across the board on all of these, actually. Yeah, like we were even last week, and I think we all had the same picks. And I have. But didn't I didn't I throw a curveball on one of them? No. I want to say there was one of them that y'all were all on one. Here it is, right here. It was right in front of me. Go against all right, so last week we were this is I was two and two, you were one and three, CK was three and one, and Greg was three and one. Everybody took the Panthers over the Cowboys. How'd that work out? <laughs> Not great. Not um, great. Everybody took the Saints over the Giants. Everybody took Tampa Bay over New England. Everybody took the Washington football team. So, no, we made no. <laughs> Gain. Actually, we all lost. So we all lost how many games? Two. Four. Two. 
Well, I, we lost the Saints and Giants, and we lost uh, the Panthers Cowboys and, the and Cowboys. Panthers. We lost everything. Oh, except for the Washington football team. What do we? So all I am now and, three and Tampa Bay. And basically, we all, Bay, we all right? suck. We were two and two last week. Yeah. So we actually were getting last CK, you were in the lead and Greg was in the lead. No, You're I mean um, game. for this past week, like because we all chose Tampa Bay to win and we all chose the Redskins to win. Yes, we did. Mm. How terrible. Uh, what do you think about this? What was more embarrassing? The Atlanta, and I want you to save not save it entirely i would like you to say some words cody because you'd be like i'll see you on wednesday motherfucker which is like <laughs> five minutes away but uh who's more embarrassed us tampa uh us atlanta or the saints uh i would have to say probably the saints Really? The Giants were considered to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And yeah, they still managed to lose. That was a big time loss. What's like, one... at, at least you already know Atlanta and Washington are kind mm. of bottom figure teams anyway, you know? So definitely what, I'd say the same. Which is worse? The the Saints losing to the Giants or the tech or the Titans losing to the Jets. Oh, Titans losing to the Jets. That has to be worse. Dude, the Jets are so bad, dude. But you know what? I, I do like Zach Wilson more than I like Daniel Jones. Yeah. So I, I, Hell I don't yeah, know. you do. Hell okay. yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> Who yeah. doesn't? Though? We laughed like hysterically the when they Dave Gettleman doesn't. Dave Gettleman doesn't. All right, so our numbers did not move last week, right? Right. Okay. All right, so let's go to this week. Let's make our picks this week. Who the Panthers got? Oh, the Eagles. I'll let y'all go goes first. Yeah, man, I'm picking the, the it's Panthers. It's a home game. Great. You better come and get the Panthers. Look, none yeah, of we're us. I would, I, would, I would almost say this is the chat room needs to start – putting bets in there for the first asshole on the show that's going to pick against the Panthers. Like, we're just like, Panthers, Panthers, Panthers. I have no problem doing it when I think that we're going to lose. I thought that we had a really good chance to beat Dallas. I thought that we were going to do it, but um, it didn't happen. Uh, But no, this week will not be the week I am picking my Carolina Panthers to continue their dominance at home. I think we're going to get back on the right track. By the way, I've been looking some film, uh, looking at some clips that John Ellis is posting. Uh, Derek Brown didn't have as bad of a game as people want to say that he did. Um, I think that we're going to be okay. We're going to rebound in a big way. We have some injuries, but good teams play through injuries. Even championship football teams have injuries, but it's all about when you're getting healthy at the right time. I think the Panthers will do that, and I think we're going to beat Philadelphia. All right, you're up, CK. We beat yeah, Philly. I, yeah, I think we beat Philly. And Don't be I'm the jerk, right? I I said that I didn't think it was going to be earlier. I said that it's probably not going to be as dominant as we think it's going to be, but it'll be a win nonetheless, and it'll be back on the right track. 
Um, I'm picking. I'm picking the Panthers. <laughs> All right. I'm picking the Panthers straight up, a because I'm not going to be the first jerk that picks against them. <laughs> Number right. one. Number two is I always think they're going to win. Number three, I am where, look, look, Philly's team is a little bit better than people give them credit for, right? Is uh, they got punched in the face like we did in Dallas. They came back and had a pretty solid game against Kansas City. And I know you guys want to say Kansas City up and down and this and that, but they're still the same explosive. Look, um, my fantasy football kicker had six extra points. That's what his game was. And his name was Harrison Butker. By the way, just to let you know, the Kansas City <sighs> Chiefs had a bad fucking day. They had a bad game, and Harrison Butker had six extra points. What the fuck does that mean? Like, what they is were still a scoring good day? tremendously. Like, what is a good day? I want to know what's a great day on me. Like, shit, what the fuck? Uh, but I don't think Philly is, um, I don't think they're a bunch of tar, you know, like, I don't think they're awful. But I think it's a, a, um, a game we got to win. If we don't win this game, I think the the the, the stock falls. Right. Yeah, we have to really look at ourselves in the mirror if we lose. But they're not a rollover team, though. Like, and when I say that is, is like, uh, it's not a referendum on them. What is it? Javante Smith. Who's the, that wide receiver? That's a, like the new kid they love. Devontae Smith. That was Devante. my number one. That was, so just like JC Horn was my number one dude. corner like these mugs in last year's like, draft, Devontae Smith was my number one wide receiver. Even though dude, they'd be nothing over him, they go crazy on this dude. He, he's like, good, dude. man. Yeah, he's everything that you want from a receiver. It doesn't matter that he isn't very big, he's gonna separate and he's gonna make a ton of space, and you're not gonna be able to get your hands on him. So, all right, well, I'm gonna take the Panthers, but I would be, I'm just gonna try to warn you guys, this ain't gonna be an easy football game. Oh, no, not at all. Like, I think this is going to be one of those games that we could, like, I really think I should take the Eagles here. I'm not because I love this team. <laughs> but I really, like, I mean, like, we got to get it together first. All right, so what's the next game? Who's uh, New Orleans playing or Atlanta? Who's Atlanta playing? Did we already do that one? Um, You want me to look? Hang on, I don't have it up, but I have it right now. Hang on. I'm putting the Panthers... Who's going to be the dick? You know, I almost should take the Eagles to be the biggest dick on this podcast ever. Listen, it feels to me like you're saying that your heart is telling you you don't think the Panthers are going to win. No, it's not That's what it sounds like. Hey, Tim Esther said T-Baby would be the first. Come on, T-Baby. Come on down. Is that you? Are you feeling? Hey, are you on your tea baby vibes tonight, Tony? It's okay if you are. I don't judge. Say it, you know. I don't care. Bad offensive line. Bad offensive line. Their defensive line is. I don't know. Maybe I should do that. All right. Who's playing next? Uh, I think the. uh, Atlanta Falcons, they're Washington. Okay, now they have the Jets. 
Yeah, they are, yeah, they played the Jets. I, the Falcons yeah, are going to beat them. I so badly would love to pick the Jets over the Falcons. I would too, but I think that it would be a mistake in this case. In this case, I think the Falcons are uh, just like I, I think they're a tier above where the Jets are. I just hate to say it. Like, are they incredibly? Are they that much better? No, but I do think that they are pretty, uh, pretty significantly bigger or better at this game. Have you uh, watched? I have not watched them one time all year. I mean, I've watched all the highlights. I haven't I mean, watched them. They're okay. I mean, it's, but at the weirdest times, they're able to move the ball, and yeah. they're able to kind of move it around to Calvin Ridley. But they're they're not consistent, and they don't have a very good offensive line either. So uh, Matt Ryan continues to look older. A lot of these quarterbacks, dude, Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger. They're all making Tom Brady look even more impressive day by day as these guys True. continue to get older right in front of our eyes. Um, yeah, I I don't know, man. <sighs> Fuck it. I'm going to do it, dude. Fuck the Falcons. I'm going to Jets. Do it, Make do it, it official, Tony. I'm doing it. I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn, man. I I don't care. if Even if I lose picking against the Falcons, I still won because I picked against the Falcons. You think they broke the seal with that win, and now they're going to be winning contagious? <laughs> no, I kind of feel like I want to jump on that train. Like, like I've seen the Jets. You know what? I'm with you. I'm rolling. I'm going Jets, baby. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And I don't know why, because this is I've only seen the Jets play. I have not watched Atlanta play. And on top of that, then the Jets got like five or seven sacks against Tennessee. And I know that Tennessee sucks. But I feel well, like there's a I don't know, like what I don't have any other evidence about Atlanta. But, but, like, but is anybody did, giving me any evidence? Hey, what is Mike Davis evidence? doing there? Fantasy uh, owners, I, I wanna know. Nothing. I don't think very much. I mean, listen, it's the Falcons. That's all you need to know. They'll find a way to lose games they're supposed to win. And again, even if we're wrong, who gives a shit? Picking against the Falcons is never... I care because I'm trying to beat your ass, but uh, who are the Saints playing now? The New Orleans Saints are playing the Washington football team. I think the Washington football team beat them. Finally? Finally. They just just beat the Falcons and uh, the... well, they won it on the last play of the game, number one. Number two, their defense is stinky this year. Why? It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I can't really uh, tell too much. Apparently, Washington doesn't have a good defense either. Everybody was that's expecting the No, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Oh, I thought you were talking about, defense, I you were talking about the Washington's defense is supposed to be like... Or at least yep. I expected them to be a top five defense. Hey man, go, go holler at and your boy Ron Rivera. Thirty, homie. Go holler at your boy. Thirty. Holler at your boy Ron Rivera and his uh and his uh former Panther party that he's got All right, so going on over do, there. CK, you said that the Washington football team is winning this. Yeah, I think they're winning. All right. 
What you got, uh, Cody? Yeah, I'm picking New Orleans. I think New Orleans will get back in the win column. Yeah, same here. They look bad. They look bad this past week. What do you mean, same here? I thought you were picking Washington. I know. He can't say same here. That was fucked up. Yeah, you can't say same here. Who are you going for, CK? My bad. I thought you you were talking about something else. My bad. Uh, Yeah. and then Tampa. I'm uh, not picking. I'm picking New Orleans, dude. The man fucked the the Washington football team. They have fucked everybody the whole season. Tampa plays the Dolphins. Tampa across the board, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they still got uh, Jacoby Brissett in there as a all of our dude. How about this? How about this? All of the NFC South. Really has no reason to lose their matchups this Sunday, right? Us against Philly. I like we that. Have, we should have no reason to lose against Philly. Theoretically, the Falcons should have no reason to lose against New York. The Saints should have no reason to lose against Washington, and Tampa Bay should have no reason to lose against Miami. Right. But one of them I, is going to. Would that be I'm a good uh, part? One of them will. Would that be a good four game parlay? Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe so. You have to ask, uh, but they have to cover then. Like, if you're gonna make it a parlay, don't they all have to cover? Yeah, which is different than then just winning. That's not wrong. <laughs> I feel like I put y'all in the night night on that. Good God. It's like my no, I just don't know shit about game. parlays, and believe it or not, I, parlays I is just multiple bets on one. Like you have to. No, win I mean, all I know what it up. is, but I couldn't tell you what it is or isn't a good parlay. You know, like I don't, I don't know. I'm, Can I'm, you I'm, do right. just straight up wins? CK, um, no, like, I, I mean, don't, I don't think I you think can you, bet a straight up like just the Panthers win. I think you can, but you're not dealing with the same odds. Um, like you can choose to have, like, I, I could be wrong. I haven't messed with FanDuel a lot, but I'm pretty sure you can create your own odds and then their odds change based on that. Okay. Well, that's like, more your, complicated your own, than I Yeah, need, yeah. Um, what I'm saying is this, is you got to get all four bets for a parlay or not. And usually right. I thought you had to do that against the spread, which is ridiculous. Getting four bets straight up is already tough. Like just straight up winners is hard. Against the spread, more difficult. And that's why they uh cup your balls when you uh win the parlay, I guess. Um, all right. The number is two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. You're listening to the longest running Panthers podcast. It's the C three Panthers podcast brought to you by Carolina Cat Chronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we jump up here and chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan perspective. My name's Tony Dunn. We've been just chopping, a chopping, a chopping through the news. And uh tomorrow night we got some cool things coming at you. Number one. The C3 beat check is here. Guys, we got Eric Summers. We got Muggs coming on. Cody Lashney, you're going to be there. We got Eric Summers at eight, uh, 9 o'clock. Let me make sure. I'm going to check my times while you fill me in. Cat Scratch Reader coming here. And this is the guy that was down. You remember when uh, Greg said uh, 
that the New York Jets, they were like talking about how um, bad our, our, their offensive line and our f- offensive line was. And he went into the vault of ESPN analytics and said, guys, how are you going to try to tell us that our offensive line was worse than theirs when we had 72,000 hurries? That's what he did. And it's like a great, like I watched the whole thing. Like it was like an expose. It was like an ESPN 30 for 30. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, I dude, I'm just so pumped about all the content that we're uh, continuing to bring these fans, man. And sure. listen, we are so close to everyone listening. We're so close to 3,000 subscribers. Please, man, if you have not done so already, hit the subscribe button. If you have any Panther friends and family that need somewhere to come to talk about this football team, let somebody know. Do us a favor, tell a friend, hit that notification bell for every single time we go live. We upload multiple times a week, man. We're putting out a bunch of different content. Uh, that Friday free-for-all has been banging every Friday at 7 p.m. where you can join the show. Yes, you, whoever you are listening right now, you can come on the show and tell us what you think about these Carolina Panthers and our opponents and whatever else in the NFL you're trying to talk about, man. So. Please like and subscribe, and uh, yeah, let's uh, the beat the beat check the beat check on Wednesday. Like I said, uh, nine o'clock, Eric Summers, nine thirty, Brandon Lee Gotwin, um, Eagles reporter, managing and managing editor editor for Bleeding Green. So the beat check's gonna be pumping. It's gonna be fun. Also, you got to debate my take on Wednesday. We're going to be putting out um, some previews of some Madden simulations, CK. Yep. How can they find your work uh, as you're developing those? Yeah, you can find me. uh, As you see, my username down below, Codizzle Allen. Um, And uh, I'm on most social media platforms. But uh, like I said, the main thing right now, especially during the middle of the season, every week we're releasing a Madden simulation of the upcoming matchup um i try to make it as uh as exact as what we're going to be expecting like for instance if shaq's going to be out i'll try to make sure he's out of the lineup um some of them might not necessarily be accurate as we don't know for sure um whether or not they're going to be going or not so but uh and then we we just spectate and we commentate um the uh the game it's a uh, super uh ex- expedited uh game but you guys need to go check it out because it is super fun to watch and uh a lot of people have I've actually felt like their heart racing, like getting excited about I know. it. Because it Man, feels like it's a real great. game. Comments are great. Well, why don't you guys ice some fools up on the way out the door so we don't forget this segment? Yeah. So you want me to? Uh, you want me yeah, to go first? Yeah. Good. We got. Yeah. Let's get them. So uh, I don't know how many of you were able to peep the Monday night football game that uh, that occurred last night. But if you didn't see it, the Chargers and, and the Rams, too, they have this big, beautiful, brand-new stadium right. called SoFi Stadium. And that's, you know, the big new stadium on the block in the NFL. Well, it has a dome on top of it. But they still had a rain and a lightning delay. 
even in spite of them having a roof on it. Yeah, and they made them go back into the locker rooms uh, while they were under this weather delay. The funniest thing about it was is that they evacuated the teams, but they left all the Monday Night Football broadcasters out there on the field. And everyone was still in the stands. It's like, dude, what are you even doing? Is there real danger to be had or not? If so, then shouldn't everyone be moving? Why are the players not out there? And why did you build a fucking roof on your stadium if it isn't going to be able to protect you from a little bit of rain? Dude, to all of our West Coast fans, all the rumors are true. Californians really do hate rain. And the entire California coast shuts down whenever they get a little bit of water from the heavens. Hey, man, I'm sorry. That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard of. You spent $5 billion on a roof and you're still experiencing a weather delay uh, to Los Angeles and SoFi Stadium. Ice up, son. Ice up. Uh, my ice up pick continues to go to uh, what's the right owner of the Raiders guy's name? Oh, gosh. What is uh, his name? Mark Davis. Mark Davis, the Davis guy. Man, that haircut, bro. <laughs> that haircut is like in serious need. So that's my eyes up pick here. I ain't got nothing else right now other than, um, actually, you know what? I'll ice up having COVID. That shit sucks. You can't yeah, taste or smell one. anything. What's up? Uh, have you lost your taste? At the end. Like I wasn't even feeling sick, and then all of a sudden I was like, uh, like uh, couldn't taste anything. I was like, really? Couldn't smell. Yeah, I was like, uh, wow. right at the end too. So, anyway, Man. who cares? I need to go on to the next day. Look, I'm trying to get my takes right, bro. We got, I got some good takes. From, like I'm, I'm putting some heavy topics at you tomorrow, man. Like some big topics. Rashawn Slater message or him, message him to me really early. And I already sent them to you in your email. You don't check email because y'all are all babies. Remember y'all like, oh, we're so old. You were telling me your ages earlier and you don't you check your emails. <laughs> Dude. You don't one. check your goddamn emails. All right. CK, who did, did you got the ice up? Who do you um, want to ice up? I'm just icing up the justice system, man. Like, I just now, I know the this justice system, bro. Yes. Yeah, like, as a, as a whole, I'm bro. with you, homie. Like, I just, just, I was, I was watching a video of this kid who, like, was 14 years old, and it's an old video. It's like eight years ago, but I never saw it before. And, like, he wanted to go home. Like, he wanted to be, like, live with his dad. Me too. Like, and he was, he was upset. Like, he did not want to go. And they, the courts, you know, even though he's 14 and he can, in my opinion, make his decision himself, still couldn't make the decision in his eyes, wasn't fit to make his own decision like that. And his dad didn't do anything wrong, but like it irritated the shit out of me to watch that and see that happen just because he's the dad. I'm not going to say it's just because he's the dad. I don't know the whole story, but like it's just irritating uh, the justice system, the way that it is like it's just broken. And it's as much as we want to say it's a uh, fair and balanced system. It's really not. Um, and uh, that's that's my eye pick. Do not go and listen to uh, Serial Season 3, then, if you want to learn about how much you love the justice system. Anyway, it's the C3 Panthers <laughs> podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. Every Wait, Tuesday night, we chop it up. Wait, I know, I, know, I know we all we all need to go. 
you want to see a real short, funny 11 second? Clip Hell yeah. That I saved from my eyes up. Uh, this could also Let's have been my eyes up. Uh, dude, you can't tell me that this wasn't on purpose. Can you hear this? Yes. Yes. That's ahead. R. Kelly. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh! I love it, dude. Oh, man. That's just not terrible. right. The very next one. <laughs> <laughs> that man was getting pee peed on. Oh, my God. Uh, that had to be on purpose. It, it had to be, dude. <laughs> It had to be. It had to be. Either I'm just a child, or that was on purpose. That was all right. Um, so tomorrow night we debate. We're gonna debate up here. We've got the C3 beat check tomorrow. We've got um, Brandon Lee Gotwin uh, representing Eagles uh, Nation, Bleeding Green. This dude got sixty five thousand followers on Twitter. Nice, like that. I know. On top of that, we've got Eric Summers helping us with the Carolina Panthers. Um, and I'm going to beat your ass. Look, I'm going up. I'm going to 2-0. I had people telling me they were, like, chanting my name when I walked out of there last week. <laughs> yes, they yeah, were. Maybe yeah, maybe your mom and your wife. That's about <laughs> it, dude. There's, there's no scenario in which you outwit me any day of the week, Tony Don. You already know right, this. It's gonna happen You're tomorrow. setting yourself right. up for failure. It's okay. Let's get the hell out of here. Um, and uh, Oh, Dither and Dave, you better save that. You better save it. I got some good stuff for him coming later. Anyway, let's go on. Take us out of here, Cody. It's late. Peace and love, everybody. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.